things you own end up owning you. What's up, good people? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for subscribing. I uh, seriously appreciate it. My guests today probably don't need an introduction if you've been listening to the show. They are Danny Roddy and Kyle Mamounis. Danny is an independent health researcher and coach, and uh, Kyle has a PhD in nutritional sciences. In this episode, we uh, bring the hammer down on the carnivore dilemma. We talk about Paul Saladino and his appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast and just some of the carnivore diet problems. Kyle and I also talk about Amber O'Hearn and her lipivore theory. And uh, as usual, we go off into uh, many subjects. I hope you enjoy and uh, have fun listening to this one. Thanks. Okay, Danny Roddy, <laughs> Kyle Mamounis, thank you guys for coming on. First of all, right. I want to say, Danny, this was your idea to get the three of us together. Thank you very much, say, sir. This is a total disaster. It's actually completely my fault. Well, we're going to have a great fucking time, though, going down. All right. <laughs> so big week for the carnivores, all right? Uh, Paul Saladino was on Joe Rogan's podcast, um, and I want to talk about that with you guys. But even before that, he was on a podcast with a couple of guys from Black Rifle Coffee. Do you guys know that little coffee brand? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a chat, and Joe. there was a bit where Joe Rogan was telling them about uh, his experience with being uh, – carnivore for about a month or two something like that mm-hmm. and um he said that one thing that really stood out to me he said he would he got really angry he said little things would, would piss him off and he would just say like i oh, fuck that guy or whatever you know and i just thought uh that's interesting and uh, since you guys were both carnivores there for a while i want to hear your thoughts on that I think he said the same thing on the Paul Saladino one. He said he he got real aggressive, and yes. it was it was very quick that he he said it. But um, I took note of that. I actually kind of watched the first forty five minutes and was so bored that I I kind of like skipped through the rest. And so that's I. <laughs> hopefully, I don't uh, regret saying this later. But I kind of feel like victory <laughs> like, <laughs> because because it, like Paul is so closely aligned with kind of what Ray has been saying for many years you know i kind of feel like the fun is gone in the critique mm-hmm. and again i don't look at everything like a uh us versus them or whatever but it's it's thinking about that whole scene has become considerably less interesting i feel like kyle what do you think i watched uh i just watched the first slightly less than half so maybe an hour and 20 minutes or so and i took some notes and yeah joe did say that um which was interesting and yeah it, it was crappy it was like like one of the first note, notes that i took was uh saladino seems kind of weird like like he he does like and uh he's I trying he really has, hard he's trying he really smiles hard. a lot yeah um, too much <laughs> i think he's trying to be like he's like mark he's marketing he's a marketing person so uh immediately on oppressive unimpressive uh hasn't joe gone over this stuff before basic carnivore (laughs) stuff like you know what i mean like the the whole thing they're like oh did you know like guys hey it's 2020 have you ever heard this you can eat just like meat and fat and water uh jordan peterson's daughter has been saying for like five hours that was the thing. I, I I went to go in kind of maybe hearing the sugar poofa stuff. And I mean, you, you watched the whole thing, but I, I didn't really get that. If he, 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 they mentioned honey and things, but it was really basic, super basic, like the alphas 
eat the liver type of talk. And so that was, that was again, you, you said it on the last time you were on with Leo, you said uh, what he has been talking about is what you were thinking about five or seven years ago, you know, and like that, that's just the, the truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, it came off to me as um, like a book selling, you know, just like, I mean, if you like the Joe Rogan, so I haven't liked Joe Rogan for a pretty long time now, but he sort of exposed himself in this new studio that looks like a fucking like transhuman experiment like, chamber of it looks like, like a little tampon, huh? It looks like they're inside of a tampon, like, like, a, like an alien tampon. Like, they like brought the furnishings from like Epstein Island. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it looked, it's like red. You it's like a, a red bitch. pod. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a, very a red pod, and his old digs were like totally cozy. Like I don't get like how is that an upgrade? Like and his the only thing I can think of is that this sounds better, but his shit sounded awesome. His like previous yeah. podcast, like he's got the best mics. He didn't have um his old setup. You know they didn't have monitors in front of them, so there was no. It was just them talking into microphones on a desk. It sounded as good as the radio. It was great. There's like it sounded better than anybody else, like I, in the I, podcast world. I totally agree with you. The only thing that I can see that gets somebody in a, in trouble is like when I got my did my book cover. I actually got an artist that was uh, named Mario Hugo that does like Rihanna covers for. So when I paid him to do the book cover, he was like, "Here you go." Like I did it. This this is it. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> like there was zero like inter it, like us backing forth. I told him like I wanted it to like represent like a flow of energy, and this is what he gave me. And so again, I'm not a Joe Rogan apologist. I think you're I think you're dead on. But I but maybe they got into some goofy artistic situation of the studio, and it turned out just like uh, a. Um, what's that goofy brand affliction? Like it looks like an extension. Bro, affliction is dope. I wear shit all the time, <laughs> asshole. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, their excuse. Well, his excuse was that they they had about like six weeks or, or eight weeks to uh, get to the new studio, so it was a oh, quick bounce out of LA because his shit just been going down here and it just hasn't what? stopped. What? Oh, 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 because. Well, because like Antifa is gonna like firebomb. Well, I fucking. I mean, he's been talking about it for a long time. That it's gonna blow up. And he here. could just he could just like MMA them. You know? <laughs> Did you know that shirt. he he does MMA? I had no. What <laughs> is he the guy Him from and Fear Ed Factor? Bravo. Eddie Bravo. Who is that guy? Okay. <laughs> look well, into it. Look into it. I don't know. Anyways, okay. Epstein Paul. Island. So tell me, so tell me about Paul. So I mean, what the fuck? You know, for the people that don't know, you know. What is going on with what, people are getting so aggressive when they're on the carnivore diet? What do you think? Because I've had that same experience. I don't know. Because I, I didn't really go full carnivore like, you know, Kyle style, like where I was chopping up raw chicken and all that shit. I, I kind of, you know, I had like the Vince Gironda diet. You guys know Vince Gironda, who he was like this famous bodybuilder back in, you know, the 50s. Oh. And he was like one of those first guys that actually popularized that Um uh, sort of diets but he would do it like you just eat meat any sort of meat organs what well i guess that is a carnivore diet but every two to three days you would restore your glycogen stores you'd have a, like a carb up meal or several meals that's the way that i did it and when i did you know do that i definitely felt like a fucking dick all the time and i was just i could not wait to have like you know back then it was like sweet potatoes or ice cream or whatever the fuck that i had i could not wait to have that meal and then immediately i'd have that meal and i'd just be like 
oh God, this is life, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of funny that we're, you, people aren't connecting the dots yet, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know. Why aren't they connecting those dots yet, you think? I, well, I bet they, they really do feel better uh, considering whatever else they were doing previously. Like, for, for example, I don't know, like our, our boy, Pauly, like, like he, he has said m multiple times, like, I feel way better than I used to feel. And I don't think he's lying, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But um, like some of these health things are so nuanced. And so it's actually, I, I, I really hate saying like, oh, it increased my libido or it increased my mood now because it's, that's so like subjective and mm -hmm. it's kind of just like uh, in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, maybe his cortisol was super high before and then on carnivore it's lower or something. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know, Kyle, what do you, the, the aggressiveness, do you think that's correlated with the starvation hormones? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, <laughs> the same like i said before how uh a low carb diet is like the same thing as starvation except you're just eating but and like everybody knows about like getting hangry mm -hmm. um and it's like you know I until until there's a compelling alternate explanation like mm -hmm. that's just explains it to me it's like if you you know the amount of keeps like your brain is, you know, running on ketones and your body's aware of this and it's just like not doing the thing where you're in a good mood because it's like, this is a bad situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you, know? I, I, you know, on a debate with Frank DeFano, though, he said it was outlandish what you just said. So <laughs> I was I was listening to that to prepare for this. Talk. I just recently <laughs> found out about that guy. That guy is fucking psycho, isn't he? Huh? Jesus. Well, this actually is related to the He's Paul Saladino, Joe Rogan thing, but um, I had no I, idea. It's too, <laughs> too weird to get into. Actually, I'll I'll restrain myself. <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit later. But one thing that you were saying, you were saying that people are getting hangry. But here's the thing. So that here's what's happening with the carnivore thing. It used to be like, it used to be okay. I feel like in the modern day Instagram book selling Amazon type of diets, I feel like probably low carb diet was the first, right, or variations of. Correct me if I'm wrong, like Atkins diet, shit like that, right, back in the day. Then it kind of evolved in like a lower-carb diet. Then it was like keto, and then now it's carnivore. Is it kind of making sense? Sort of like that, right? Did I, I, I miss anything? Dave, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I think you're right. The Dave Asprey seemed like he was at the height of like low-carb fame. And yes. then something happened. I think people got sick of his product uh, mm -hmm. huckst mm -hmm. huckstering, and he oh, started Jesus to decline. Christ. And then Carnivore is right there uh, to to pick up the steam that I think mm -hmm. that he had, the momentum that he had gained. And but, so what um, I was saying too is like n those diets now they're coming into a thing of like now it's about fasting, and it's like if you're hungry and you're not feeling good, like. Stop being a little bitch. You need to train your fasting thing. You need to f need to right. train your fasting gene or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they're just connecting these kind of ideas, you know, to get it to fit this carnivore scheme because it's like like you said, it's like everybody knows about hunger and it's like you get angry when you're hungry, but for them it's like, well, pff, you just need to practice your fasting more now. And it's, you know, it's bananas. Yeah, if I, <laughs> if I could uh, uh, have a dollar for any every time somebody called me a little bitch for not fasting. Like, <laughs> A thousand dollars, you know, that was the pr the primary comment on the first like two year carnivore diet review. They were like, well, toughen up and do the carnivore diet. And Isn't so, that funny, man? Oh yeah. God. So I'm very familiar with that sentiment. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, so when you're fasting and the same thing that's going on with carnivore, it's so sort of a similar situation there, right? Your stress hormones are going up, your cortisol is rising, et cetera, et cetera.
Right, right. And <clears throat> like the two systems that seem to not adapt, whatever that means, is uh -huh. uh, the thyroid system. So it just doesn't like to make us. I mean, I guess like I'm sure Ambro Hearn has a thing about how it's good to be hypothyroid on a carnivore <laughs> diet, like the same ways it's good to be insulin resistant. And I mean, at least it's consistent. Like she's of a high level of integrity in terms of like, not just selling out to like, she will not moderate her message. <laughs> She'll just, she agrees and amplifies. Like when somebody says, Oh, the diet causes this bad thing. And she's like, Oh hell yeah, it does. And it's good. <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like whatever is caused by the carnivore diet is good, and I'll explain why. I like the agree and amplify. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the thyroid system and uh, the brain. You know, people always talk about, you know, oh, X amount of your brain can actually use up to 40% or whatever the percent is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Um, All right. So it can use like 100% glucose. Uh <laughs> almost and that's fine and um when it's using max ketones it just seems like people have a, like that that is a constant stress that the brain's picking up on uh, mm -hmm. i'm sure it's different at the level of neuropeptides and i'm sure carnivore or keto people would say those differences are good so here's the thing i want to talk about fasting too with you guys because it's like you know that's definitely the new age or Whatever, you know, these ter terms are goddamn it. Because you say one thing and then people are like, oh, you said new, you know, I'm just saying that's the current, I think, um, thought process on healing a lot of stuff with people, I think. Um, what, are, what are your general thoughts on like fasting as a, you know, medicinal whatever protocol for certain types of things? Uh... Take it. Take it, Kyle. Kyle? You take it. <laughs> Um, it reminds me, I mean, I, I don't really have too much of an opinion about it, except that it just reminds me of people talk like in the vegan world talking about, um, oh, you, this bad symptoms having happening to you cause you're not veganing hard enough. Like it's just a, it's an unfalsifiable, um, like X factor hand waving thing. Like, oh, the problem is like, you just haven't starved yourself enough. Like it'll just like, that'll clear up. You just need to do like a 24 hour fast and it'll reset whatever they say. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it, it, it's never long enough. It's like, I guess the only, maybe if you died from it, they'd go like, oh, maybe it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, they had another problem. Uh, now you crossed the line. <laughs> but up until that, or until you're like hospitalized or something. Right. Um, right. Because it's just, you know, I, it's not, there, there's no way to evaluate. I don't see anybody evaluating that on some kind of level where like the level of evidence to say this thing is good is the same. They would demand from something else, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, and I mean, you might have the uh, precise statistics, but like how many people suffer from digestive problems and like just not eating probably mm -hmm. you avoid so many of the common foods that have, countless irritants in them and then the person feels better and then they're sucked into this kind of like movement you know so i think it's like i think it's super complicated but um yeah like i i think i just talked about this but like i did the warrior diet every day during my meat and water thing and mm -hmm. only ate at about 6 p.m every single day and so i became like uh, very familiar with like i'd wake up warm and i get colder and colder and colder and colder and colder till i ate 
feel okay, go to bed, and then do that same thing basically every day. But um, And why are you getting colder, you think? Just because you're producing less thyroid hormone? What's happening? I think I, I, think I was waking up with super high cortisol. And so mm. uh, mm-hmm. Kyle can uh, expand on this. But I think the high cortisol is like a high-protein diet. It's like kind of thermogenic when it's, it's high. And I was probably at like a lesser phase of stress in, when I first started doing this. But mm-hmm. um, and then it just went. I guess my thyroid function got worse throughout the day, and I also became more and more anxious. And if anything got in between me and the meal I was about to eat, it would be like all the wheels would come <laughs> off. And so, uh, <laughs> so but but yeah, man, I, I I it's it's like a nuanced conversation, and as everybody knows, those aren't really appreciated. And so that's why on Twitter, like uh, I was just talking about this, but like people take like some quote of Ray's and they'll just like slam dunk on him or they'll take something <laughs> that they think he says like, Kyle, I think you responded to somebody that was like, uh, said that Ray was advocating antibiotics, but like, that's not even, that's not even really true. You know, like if somebody asks him, I have like horrible digestion or diarrhea all the time, he'll say, have you tried it? Uh, penicillin or erythromycin? He's not advocating antibiotics. You, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can't really have those nuanced conversations mm-hmm. and before well, they brought- said go ahead the person was like oh, you know the final straw for me- oh wait is yeah. that what you're talking about yeah, yeah the yeah. last straw for me was when he started advocating antibiotics yeah. and i was like when did this straw happen like <laughs> years ago like- <laughs> I, I i honestly think i have a newsletter from the 80s where he talks about penicillin <laughs> yeah. like it was a long 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 time ago and so i i thought i laughed i thought it was pretty funny that person blocked me on twitter because because he said um he's he said he was talking about honey and he said honey is unheated honey is better than sucrose or sugar and i said why that's it and then he said because unheated honey unlike heated honey has um enzymes and whatever minerals blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then i was like okay that's that's information comparing honey unheated honey to heated honey you said it's better than sugar like sucrose so why why is unheated honey or heated honey better than like you know like room temperature heated honey i ask again and then he said oh come on like bees will abandon a hive if it's even heated a little bit and then i said first of all that could be totally true and i was just curious and i was like do you have like a a video of this or like some kind of source showing Frank, this. Frank Tufano is the source. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, bees. oh, come on, asking a source for bees blocked. And it's Aww. like, I was. That's sad. Uh, it that was sad. Go. And he also said my face looks annoying. <laughs> Kyle, you're, you're a handsome bastard. You want to let everybody And his avatar there. is an eyeball. Your face is annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's anno- I'm sure any face is annoying when he's making you look stupid on the oh internet. Oh my god! All right, so honey, so you brought it up. So that was a huge thing with me with Paul Saladino. I, unlike you, gentlemen, that didn't listen to Paul Saladino's podcast, I listened to the whole fucking thing. All right. So listen, um, here's the thing. He says he eats honey, like a lot of honey, often. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then, direct quote. I'm not like mis- misquoting him. Um, uh, you know, he he said, "Stay away from sugar, like it's the plague." Literally, oh. that was the finishing touches towards the end of the podcast. He says, "You know, eat nose to tail, 
eat some vegetables or some fruits here and there seasonally. Um, and then um, it was like avoid sugar like it was the plague. So what is the fucking difference between honey and sugar, guys? I mean, is there what? Let's talk about this. <laughs> Just before I forget, the yes. funny thing that's happening now is, I, and I think he said maybe on that podcast, but he, he'll say um, sugar is okay, like or honey rather is okay, but if you have metabolic syndrome, you should not eat any. And this is actually the same exact argument I remember in 2011. All the same people were saying this same thing except using saying starches. And they're like, yes, yeah, starches, mm. are, there's nothing wrong with them, but if you have metabolic syndrome, do not eat them, period. Mm-hmm. Rob and Wolf so, said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that whole group would all kind of um, say mm-hmm. the same thing, and so it's uh, again, it's very, it's very reminiscent of like that ten year, ten years ago, similar situation. But uh, uh, I'll pass the honey compared to sucrose off to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you um, if you heat a beehive even slightly, the bees will abandon it. <laughs> So, Duh. ergo, <laughs> you know what? Your face is stupid, bro. <laughs> so, Paul Saladino is just, he's like extremely respectful of bees. And he's like, <laughs> sucrose, heated honey, ah, abandoned hive. Abandoned. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there, there's like some, some cool stuff in honey, you know, like different chemicals that some people think are therapeutic. Um, but does that like substantially alter the way the body metabolizes the fructose and the glucose and the honey compared to sucrose? No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Cause honey for people that are not right. It's fructose, glucose, and sucrose, right? And it's sucrose. high fructose. It's high, basically high, high fructose. fructose bee syrup. Yeah. Yeah. So to say that you eat honey and to stay away from sugar, like it was the plague doesn't make any fucking sense. Does it boys? I'd be interested to bounce this off you guys, but I feel like people don't understand a general misconception is they they don't understand the stakes, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're thinking everything, everybody is starting from this level play playing field. And so have this like naturalistic or puritanical tendency, but they're uh, like, most people aren't uh, and, and most people aren't realizing like how bad things are, you know? So maybe if they, if that was front and center, like they wouldn't like uh, uh, obsess over honey versus like white sugar. Does that make any sense? Or do you feel similarly, either of you? Yeah, man. Tell me more what you mean by, by uh, things are so bad though. What, should, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, kind of what we were talking about last time, like the environment is very be- like it's, it's harming us or we're being harmed mm-hmm. all the time. Or if uh, the number of, um, I don't want to get your uh, uh, podcast removed from YouTube. The number of things that happen to you upon being born, the number of <laughs> x-rays a person got with dental. I used to have braces. I used to get x-rays all the time, you know? Oh, fuck, man. So, yeah. so again, I, I'd, I'd say the stakes, or they don't know how bad things are. or So, so again, like, tri- like arguing over these trivial things is, um, uh, I, guess, I guess, worth it to some people, but I think it's a kind of minutia that doesn't matter. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That I actually had um, a note about that, which was that. Uh, let me see here. It's it was kind of stream of consciousness. Uh, the micronutrient thing is dumb. <laughs> talking about it is dumb. I thought the of vitamin a, C thing if you and all to... these specific nutrient effects. Uh, okay. <laughs> Basically, Saladino has an, a holistic, like plants bad perspective, but the way they're going about it is this tedious accounting 
of like, hey, this vitamin, like Joe Rogan will be like, hey, I heard I heard that there's vitamin C and and don't you need that? And then it, it almost seems like um, scripted because mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, there's no way he's talked to all of these people. He's extremely wealthy and famous and around people. He did the carnivore diet. There's no way that he hasn't talked to somebody who told him these things about micronutrients and like, well, actually the liver has, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, and all of the things that Saladino was using all of the, he would have a single study like, oh, look in this study, there was no benefit to vitamin C like this one study. And it's like, okay, that is, mm-hmm. I, what is the point of that? Like to show, is that indicative of all studies? Is that, is that the only time that this experiment, like, is that the only time vitamin C has been tested on people in some kind of response? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think so. The, the vitamin C is a good, uh, is a better point than what I was trying to, my ramble. Like they'll say, oh, it's not necessary, but it, like it has, that's like totally divorced from us in our environment. Like who's to say a, <clears throat> a higher level of vitamin C wouldn't be largely therapeutic in the environment we have it like right now, mm. like, at least in, in the case of carnivores, they're, they're trying, they're trying to like fit the script and the stuff that like, does, doesn't fit the script. They'll, they'll toss away. But I, I think you're right. I think that, that's why I think I was turned off from watching the whole thing. Cause it was so <laughs> there's like, like softball questions and I wasn't expecting him to grill him or anything, but it was just like, Joe, you've clearly, you've had to have heard this stuff before you know it's it was so uh, yeah basic. well you got to account for his for his uh you know audience too you know he's trying to get people. but he wasn't he wasn't um presenting it like hey you know for the audience and it didn't have that vibe it had the vibe like oh they're buddies i'm, I'm like kind of dumb and i don't know anything like could you explain this to me and right it's like right right sucks like it's bad well acting. he started the podcast by saying he try he takes a lot of his supplements and stuff like that so already there's that kind of you know like I'm on your team kind of thing, you know. So, but with Sal, this, do you know supplements? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has supplements you, now. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Go to uh, Heart and Soil. He yeah. has a big, big line of supplements. Yeah. Wait, Danny, God damn it. Why are you soil? advertising for him? This is free advertising. <laughs> His <laughs> website's Heart and name. Soil. Yes, Heart and Soil. Yeah, I think Heart and Soil. He said it like 38 times in the, uh, in the Joe Rogan thing. You were so turned off immediately. It was like the first thing they talked about. Is that like a Blood and Soil reference? I'm Kyle, I don't know. you know, in, in the uh, indigenous culture of the Kalakalakifan, you know, the tribe, they give the hearts to uh, the people and it's measles. It's like a mistranslation of like a national socialist speech, like, and we will defend our heart and soil. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why I, supplements. <laughs> this is why I asked Ray about the desiccated uh, liver, because yeah. he had a quote saying that that those desiccated liver products had like uh, tons of oxidative products in them and that they were like a shadow of actual liver mm-hmm. and but like paul and ancestral supplements and a bunch of other companies they sell big bottles of desiccated liver for like 50 50 bucks you know and it's just uh again i'm not i, I don't care if people eat liver or don't eat liver but i i get emails from people that are like don't worry i'm eating liver i'm taking these these tablets and i and i'm like uh they're, oh god i don't think they're i don't think they're really the same thing you know and, and they so, smell like fucking shit and real liver if you get like a fresh liver at at, at a butcher it doesn't <laughs> smell like shit no seriously because I, again through the vince geronda thing i've been there done that too i used to buy them and i'd open it up and they'd be like Bruh! you know like i want to fucking throw up right away right into the bottle you know what i mean so 
Yeah, like yeah. Well, that would help to just that because then you'd be adding bile. Oh, to that, it. oh yeah, that's really good for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Sorry guys, heartandsoil.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I never took those, and I was just lucky because I, I guess I kind of have to give credit where credit's due. Like I was on a sort of carnivore diet, and I was eating raw organs and stuff, and force forcing myself to. Mm. And so when I was, I was like, wait, I can like cook the liver. Like, you know, <laughs> we're like, wait, I can eat like cooked kidneys and not like the most disgusting acrid raw kidneys. <laughs> it's like, this is like, it was such an upgrade for me that oh I don't gosh. even know what it's like for somebody to go from liver and organs, the other direction where they're eating hamburger meat and like normal meat. And then they're eating organs. I was coming at it from this like way grosser. Mm -hmm. uh food mm -hmm. so i never had an issue with it at all um so because i'm always telling people to eat liver and they're like oh it's so hard and i'm like that's i actually do i'm like dude shut up <laughs> <laughs> stop being a little bitch <laughs> well paul, paul has a video i think it was about a year maybe a, a few months ago but it is what he eats in a day mm -hmm. and it's all like raw thymus and raw liver and oh i haven't like, seen that really oh uh, you gotta you gotta check it out but oh, i'm Jesus. like do not even well guys you see that's what i'm talking about that's the fucking the american selling version thing of the <laughs> everything you guys do to stuff here like for example like you know we have saunas in russia like since i don't know there's like the oldest sauna still exists in moscow okay it's like 1800 something you know and we have cold water plunges you know and i came here i remember moving here and here it's like this like thing you got to pay for it it's like a hundred dollars and now you guys have the you know the machines that you go inside and it's crazy cold and instead of being in there for 10 minutes like most people are you can only be in there you can only be in there for two minutes because it's like a thousand million degrees hotter or colder. You know what I'm saying? It becomes this thing where people, people kind of, I don't know, people, I don't know if it's necessarily only the American kind of mind, but they need this like catch thing. So when they see a guy that's like eating thymus, like you said, they're going to be like, holy shit, that's so cool. I want to do that, man. You know what I mean? That's where it comes from. It's not even necessarily that they're thinking, oh, wow, like that, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds very healthy. That sounds like something that we all should be doing. It's more like, I can fucking do that. It's like that Borat scene. Remember that Borat scene when Borat? Did you guys see the first Borat? You know, he's yeah. like he's like cruising around America, and then he meets those guys in the uh, in the in the RV, and then he's like, "In the Kazakhstan, we play little game. We put cheese in the hole of penis, and we, you know, and and the guy just kind of goes, "I'll fucking do that." You know what I mean? Like it's that thing <laughs> that I'm like the, right away. The guy's like, "I'll fucking do that." So it's, it's what it comes down to, you know. <laughs> yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen it ruined uh, his rep, his vibe forever for me. After did you see his ADL speech? It's like the, uh, it's no. like it's absolute worst thing. He's he was like actively calling for censorship. Yeah. Anyways, we don't funny, have to talk right? About that, but, Go ahead, yeah. man. Funny the guy coming from the guy that fucking made Borat, right? It's hilarious. Do you know what we're talking about, Kyle? Yeah, you might not want to say ADL on YouTube. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Gonna, I'm going to ban my gonna podcast again. <laughs> Let's just say a bunch of random letters like XPLZJKO. Well, I, I got Maybe one for the, for the V word. the acronym. Yeah, for the V word that you were saying that you get, you know, those things at the beginning. You can call them, like you can say it backwards, like Senecavs or something like that. I've heard that somewhere. Senecav. You know what okay. I'm saying? You can, you can snip that out if it's... Whatever, dude. I don't give a fuck. I mean, as long as they don't ban me. But anyway. Um, well, it's not... I don't think so. Again, I might be a hardcore conspiracy theorist, but I think the shadow banning is real. I think so. If you say something and they transcript it and it hits these key words, they'll just basically you you like our 
uh, episodes with Ray do not show up in search. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my stuff doesn't show up in search. And so mm-hmm. that, but that's new. And so if you type in Ray Pete, like all, every single video I have is like a, like says his name multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, and it should be the first. And I don't think your, your stuff is always, it's not the first there, is it? No. So, but, but again, the recent live streams we do do not even show up. And then again, I'm not saying they have it out for me or anything, but like the, the live stream chat of the last live stream on Friday just is gone. It does it. it, it I, like I have it checked uh, hmm. to, to be available. It's just not even there. No doubt, dude, especially yeah. nowadays because everything is just becoming that way. You can't say anything now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Police. I'm looking at this wet carnivore MD eats in a day. Yes. Uh, I brought it up and I'm, I'm scrubbing through it on mm-hmm. YouTube and he's wearing makeup, right? What? I didn't catch that. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm really after the thing with Frank Tifano and then looking up <laughs> who he was. I'm very sensitive to like carnivores that use makeup. <laughs> I didn't catch that. My my point for bringing that was uh, up that uh, up bringing that up was what he's eating. Don't even tell me that you enjoy eating that. Right. It's totally disgusting. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I it's just to look anything. fucking cool, man. It's like yeah. he looks cool eating raw thymus. Such he a looks badass. like a badass. He kind of has to do that because he's not like um, he looks he he looks fine. He looks like a normal guy, but he's not like really jacked or anything. So he kind of has to get sort sort of like um mm-hmm. a tough credential, and this is a way to be tough. It's like I you know I would be. It, it's sort of like saying you would be the guy in some hunter gatherer tribe to just like tear into mm-hmm. a corpse like with yeah, your man. bare teeth or whatever. Well like imagine imagine if if he was like a like a guy from Mississippi with a giant gut and like, you know, a beard and two teeth and he was saying he's eating this stuff and he's very healthy. Like nobody would pay attention to that, right? Nobody would pay attention to that. So he doesn't even need to be jacked. You know, he just needs to be lean enough. If like I said, that's what I was saying in an earlier podcast with both of you guys. It's like, you know, as soon as people see like a lean guy, they're just like, that's it. He knows what the fuck he's talking about, you know, and it's just like I don't know, man. I don't I it really I of course like you do have like again, if you see a fat motherfucker that's just like, you know, so out of shape and looks terrible probably don't listen to him you know i have this thing i say like to like my clients i say like you know like don't judge a book by its cover but like like read the book too you know what i'm saying just like start reading the book and check it out too it's not like you know you you do like have to pay attention to you can't just make a blanket statement like judge the book by the cover or don't it's just too simplified right don't ignore the cover don't ignore the cover it covers important but you got to read the book too you know what i mean like a little well, bit. <laughs> we, we would have found out more about the book if he had accepted my invitation to debate Kyle, but unfortunately, we'll never know. <laughs> Paul Saldino, if you're out there, let's do a, a fucking invitation. So let's do this. This was when he was doing the regular debates, you know, and getting mm. real jazzed off him. This was like a year ago, and mm. I had a civil back and forth with him, but huh. he, he said he didn't have enough time. I, I Somebody else uh, recommended that on his website. I found it. Some, like somebody shared it with me or something, and I... It was like, hey, you know, you kind of have a similar but slightly different thing than this guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Or, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds, no, or something like really non committal, like that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I might know they, what you're talking about. It was on a podcast, right? Yeah, like in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they probably just like Googled my name. And then he's like, nah. <laughs> well. So I hate doctors. Like, I, <laughs> I don't hate them. Like now, I hate. They have, like, I gradually I began to hate them because their behavior has 
first of all, it's totally a marketing thing. That's another thing I said in my notes a couple times. It's this just comes off as super marketing. Like he's taking Chris Masterjohn, like almost word for word things that he said five years ago about actually we need some oxidative products for cellular communication, but you know, you don't want this much and just putting MD next to it and <clears throat> like selling a book or I guess he's like a little bit better looking than Chris Masterjohn. I mean, that's not like a dig or anything. I'm just you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain like what I'm seeing here. And, uh, for some reason there is this, I guess it's because we have a medical cartel that limits the amount of doctors and it makes them like a priestly cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the Joe Rogan thing, I remember at one point he said they were talking about this vegan and they were like, Oh, this is the best vegan because he's very open. He's like a nice guy and stuff, but he's not a scientist. And it's like, dude, Rachel. you're not a fucking scientist. Like fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has the, like the letters MD on it. Doctor. Like he learned about this carnivore stuff. Outside of, of medical school completely. Like a couple years ago. Well, mm-hmm. I thought that was disingenuous for there's uh, some uh, interview he did where I, I I think I posted it on my Twitter, but he was saying it was when he was kind of tiptoeing into the, the carbohydrate thing. And he said something like, I've noticed that my carnivore patients, their blood sugar creeps up. And I'm like, dude, you've been doing this for like uh, you've been experimenting on yourself for like a year and then you've been prescribing it to your patients. Like how how like. Ridiculous. Do you know somebody super well after a year of dating? Like I would argue you're just starting to know them. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so and the crazy so, clown like, comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see that meme where it's like, you know, like me, like the guy's like, you know, if I'm going to give you this dick, you're not going to go crazy on me. And then the woman's like, no. And then he gives her the dick and she's like in a clown mask, like doing fucking backflips and shit, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. It was... Uh... Yeah, what what can we say? It's the business of being an authority. That's you have to do that crazy stuff to maintain this air of authority. Mm-hmm. And you have people like Kyle who are ostensibly the Joker of chaos, <laughs> throwing a wrench into the authorities' plans and and in their per, their perception. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like, let's just be real. Like, if these people. Like, um, who's that, that Australian guy who's a pretty big carnivore guy? Uh, Bart. Oh, uh, yeah, Bart. Oh, bald, bald-headed guy? Yeah. I can't fucking stand uh, listening to that guy. He's just like, yeah, I'm eight. Good day. He's, God, I just want to... Ch- honestly, it's so honestly, annoying. Australian I, racism. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Know, what are you going to say, Daddy? Well, I was just going to say, if these people were interested in, like, the truth... Um, then they would talk to people like me and it's just because there's nobody that I like if somebody was like, look, I'm a vegan and, or if somebody was like, I'm a breatharian oh. and, uh, <laughs> and I want to have you on my thing to like discuss things or even debate or whatever. Like, <clears throat> I mean, unless I thought, I don't know, they were so crazy that it was like dangerous to me to just get involved with something, you know, which I don't think is you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have any problem. I don't even I don't have a problem talking to people that don't know stuff mm-hmm. or that know things that I think like that know anti stuff, like incorrect <laughs> information. Uh or that have a different perspective. Uh the only people that would have problems with that are people that are trying to, 
you know, like have a curated presence online for the purposes of like selling product or whatever. Uh, well, uh, uh, for reference, Bart would talk with you, but I, I think oh. you'd be doing him a benefit though, because uh, <laughs> let's do it. Let's set it up guys. I think he's looking for content, but I mean, um, if you if you watch one of his debate, like he, somebody came into one of my live streams, was like debate Bart, debate Bart, debate Bart, and I, I'm just uh, you're willing to go to territory that I would never be willing to go to because I don't I don't think it's especially super useful to talk to somebody that is like kind of out of control, you know what I mean? And so that that is like in my old age of 35 is like kind of like a turnoff, and it's the same reason I don't. I don't like uh, engage with people in in comments and stuff. I just think it's kind of kind of useless, you know. And so I've just I used to do that, and uh, over time it's just become less and less appealing because you you know how you can the phrasing of things you can kind of tell where a person is coming from and, and what mm -hmm. they're bringing up and what they're not bringing up. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, it's like don't don't ar you can't argue with stupid, you know. It's not it's like not it's not super fun. It's like the presidential debates, right? It's like I, I was just talking about it with, uh, you know, with a friend too. It's like, uh, do you think anybody actually watches those debates and kind of goes like, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I changed my mind. I'm gonna vote for the other fucking guy. Like nobody ever does that, right? Everybody already has their mind made made up, and I think people just want to see the drama, man. A lot of times, they don't really want to listen to your opinion. It's That's internet blood sports on presidential debate stage now. Which, oh yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I think it's great. It's like let's formalize the degeneracy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I didn't know Bart. I didn't know you thought he was like out of control. I only watched the one video of his where he's speaking with a woman, and they bring you up, Danny. Um, this is like probably a year ago. Uh, so, so, so let me rephrase this. I, I don't not like him or anything, but have you seen his, his debates? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. So that, okay. So that, that would speak volumes. I, I'm just saying it deteriorates quickly into like, uh, ad hominem. And so, okay. so again, though, like I'm not a Kyle, you are so skilled in debate. Like that is not, it's not my forte even at all, you know? And so, I I'd appreciate watching you two. You know, I just don't think, <laughs> I just don't think, um, I don't know. Is like, I, I don't know. Again, I've I've seen a number of his debates, and they they get to like literally calling somebody like a fucktard, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> okay, this isn't especially <laughs> useful or for the audience or whatever. But um, that something I liked about Jay Dyer a while ago was is his first debates, like all like with Adam Kokesh, he was actually extremely calm. And would kind of explain things in a way that like I could understand, and I like I love that style of debate. But I'm not I could never do it myself. You know, I'm just I'm not good at like that type of thing. So the debates of yours, Kyle, I I really um, think are you're just an excellent person at staying even keeled and then pulling up this like vast knowledge bank. Uh, and so I admire that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we can do it. We can set it up. And if it gets if fucktards get out of control, I'll start saying fucktard because I'm really good at that, you know. Well, I, so I wanted a Paul I'll Salvino control. or, or a, a um, what's the dude's the Jack dude's name? Uh, D, D Agostino, but he doesn't care. He like works for the military. So what happened? Uh, to that, what happened to that fucking guy? Although you know, I I remember looking at that guy's Instagram account and like he was doing all these experiments with like he you know he'd be like keto for like a year 
or something. No, not that long. He'd be keto for like a few months and then he'd like eat like a bunch of cookies and then have like a blood glucose monitor. And it's like, look, my blood went up all this. And it's just like, dude, you haven't been fucking eating carbohydrates like ever. Of course, it's going to go up like crazy. But it's also like to me, like he's constantly refueling his keto like thing. So I, I, I don't know how like useful cookies. it is. Say it again. Yep. Uh, I mean, cookies, like if you just eat a bunch of cookies, I'm sure your sugar would go up. And mm-hmm. <laughs> What the hell does that even? Anyway, actually, when I was on the um, Raw Paleo forum, there uh, somebody posted a video. And it wasn't somebody that I was arguing with or anything. It was like, you know how sometimes somebody that you agree with will post something that you think is dumb and you're kind of like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> uh, And it was a, it's like a doctor or somebody talking about – I don't know whether they were saying pizza was bad or vegetable oil was bad. But he was like taking his blood glucose with a glucometer and then drinking – like a glass of vegetable oil and oh, then geez. eating a pizza and showing how much his blood glucose went up. And I'm like, <laughs> does anybody on earth think that that's good? Like somebody's like, damn it. Like <laughs> I do that every day. You're saying my sugar's going to go up? Dude, I just had a smoothie. I just had a vegetable smoothie with pizza inside. <laughs> yeah. Like I always put a cup of vegetable oil on my pizza. Oh, man. Like, even if you just ate pizza, I, I, I didn't even know what he was saying. Like, first of all, your blood sugar going up after eating is not bad. Mm. Like, one. Two, you're eating two things. It's not like, and I watched the video, this is a long time ago. I'm talking like 10 years ago when I was on this forum. I'm pretty sure he just did this experiment. I think he was trying to show how long it took for it to come back down. Like, it went up and then it stayed up for a while. But he ate like a whole pizza. Uh, but he didn't have a separate video or another thing where he just ate a whole pizza without drinking the vegetable oil. So I'm like, what are you like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, what's the so point? You just have that Jackie Chan meme. Like, right? what are you <laughs> right. So I should just drink vegetable oil without pizza. Is that what you're saying? Like <laughs> I should oh, take man. my vegetable oil by itself and then later have the pizza. Like I didn't get it at all. And, um, yeah, that's like these people that are like, oh my God, I drank like a big gulp. And my my uh, glucose went up, like keto confirmed, like it's better. Yeah, and it's like, what does that mean? Yeah, well. Durian Ryder was right that the peak doesn't matter much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's been a long time since I heard that name. Oh man, good times. Well, you know, at the okay, same time, you, what'd you say? What'd you say? Durian Ryder versus Bart. Oh, uh, that'd be lovely. Ooh, in a death match, they fucking naked wrestling. I love it. Well, <laughs> well, there was actually a three-way kind of uh, talk or conversation between Durian Rider and then two carnivore advocates, and I I think Durian Rider came off the best out of all of them. Like he was, again, I know he, like that's weird to say considering his like uh, his online history or whatever, but he was uh, he, he seemed more self-aware than the carnivore people. Like the carnivore people were trying to tear him down. Like, oh, this is my chance. I hate this guy, and I'm going to let him know it. Mm-hmm. And Dorian Ryder was, like, kind of weirded out that they were so, like, vitriolic on the on the stream. And I and I, I remember being like, dude, this is so weird. Like, I, it, it was such a strange stream. Yeah, but, again, he, he seemed the coolest out of both of them. He just doesn't care, dude. That's what it is. That's the secret. Well, he's been, he's been um, attacked, and, like, he's been swimming upstream. Yeah, forever. Yeah. You know, yeah, for a long time, and he's been saying like, ext- like he was doing extremes arguing like 
before YouTube existed, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna like these, like Johnny come lately's who are like, Oh, I discovered the carnivore diet two years ago. And I'm going to like yell at somebody on the internet. Like <laughs> there's just no way <clears throat> that they're gonna, yeah. Like they don't know what they're getting into. Well, you guys got to remember though, there are people out there. You, we, cause you know, you guys have been in this game for so long and I've been in it for some time too. And it's just like, there are people that do, again, when they see Paul Saladino eat some thymus glands, I mean, they're just like, it blows their mind, you know, and it's super cool. And, um, you know, so hey, speaking of glands real quick, what's that? I, uh, I tricked, well, I don't know if it's tricked the right word, but I had a potluck back in graduate school and uh-huh. there's like a bunch of former graduate students of Rutgers that I got to eat like thymus uh, I think lung, like a few different things. Cause I made, um, do you know what rumaki is? Uh-uh. It's like a water chestnut, something, and then bacon with like in a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so that's something is like weird glands and stuff. They I brought it. it to a potluck and I told everybody later, they didn't mind it at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's for they sure. Minded dude. It after I told them, I'm saying they didn't. Yeah. Some people were actually, they, they kind of, they were like, Oh wow! I I feel like I'm cool now because I ate something that was hardcore. <laughs> Isn't that funny? How much? Yeah, a lot of people they don't even do, it's such it's such a mind thing, right? Like what they're eating. So I wanted to give Paul some credit, though, guys. Come on, you know. I mean, he did talk about like um, you know, the vegetable oil stuff, which again, some people are just still not aware of it, you know. But he specifically kept mentioning linoleic acid. He didn't, you know, he didn't say like he, he, that was the big point. I mean. Tell me more about the acids and the fucking vegetables oils, guys. Well, that's a, I, that's a marketing thing because these people are very aware that they're going to alienate a substantial amount of their potential audience if they go after the fish mm. uh, fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So they may say PUFA in general are bad, but if they single something out, it's going to be linoleic acid because it's basically a safe target. Like nobody defends vegetable oil and nobody thinks it's good there's Mm -hmm. people that don't know about it there's people that don't care um there's vegans that are like well it's better than saturated fat but you're not he's not speaking to them anyway so Mm -hmm. of any of his potential audience it's literally just a marketing choice i don't even know if he thinks for one second whether you know the longer chain fatty acids in fish um or what your body makes out of the linoleic acid, you know, elongating it and desaturating it are the same or worse or less bad or whatever. I don't like, Mm. again, like I don't think he's really that interested. I think he's like, is this a piece of information that I can make money off of? Right. So you think he just kind of pulled that linoleic specifically that thing from somewhere and then he's just going with it because that's the devil, but he's not even aware of the other stuff. It might even just be a marketer's instinct to Mm. just know where path of least resistance is like i'm going to talk about this because a lot of like he might see comments on his things where people are talking about taking omega-3 supplements or fish oils Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to alienate those people i I could be wrong does he talk about uh doesn't he uh talk negatively about dha and epa on his um his like controversial thoughts videos he i think he does right but he didn't bring it up on joe joe show Sure I, I haven't watched all of his stuff. So, I mean, if it's a, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like that would be cool if he did that, but, uh, it's almost like he, um, the, like, yeah, that he's going to bring out like the, but the bet, the greatest hits on the Joe Rogan thing. Like it just, <laughs> I don't know. It just has a, a vibe where, cause honestly, again, I wouldn't mind talking to somebody 
and I wouldn't even be insulting. Like, it's like, okay, you're this guy, you do this diet, you have actual patience, which is something that I don't have. Um, so, you know, I can at least like respect that. Uh, but again, if it's just going to be like somebody that's crafting their phrasing and the things they decide to focus on based on like what's okay to say or what would come across better, you know, like when they say processed food is bad or processed sugar, that's just throwing red meat, <laughs> no pun intended to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause everybody thinks that it's just, there's, there's no reason to even say that. The only thing, the only time you should ever talk about processed food or sugar is if you're saying it's good because nobody thinks it's good. And it's just, it's like somebody getting on like the debate stage, the presidential debate stage and being like, Hey, racism's bad. And like, right. Like there's all this you're not typical shit. This is marketing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You're just like establishing yourself positively in the audience's eye, which it just, I, I that's distasteful to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather establish myself as dist as like a bad person and then struggle back to get into the good graces of the audience. <laughs> like, I like racism. <laughs> now let me tell you why my platform is good. Yeah, I don't know. That's if... actually a challenge. <laughs> I don't know. You were talking about the EPA DHA. I don't know. I do remember the podcast that they did talk about essential fatty acids and there was like no, I don't think they even are aware of anything of the, you know, of some of the studies talking about are they even essential. It was just kind of a thing that, you know, I think Joe asked Paul if grass-fed meat had more essential fatty acids than uh, grain-fed meat. So that was the only, and that's where I was also was like, oh, he's not really aware of this stuff. Maybe I'm misremembering. I could have swore, uh, like, mm-hmm. I know he talks negatively about linoleic acid, uh, mm-hmm. but... What they, but they don't talk about things like prostaglandins or the the isoprostanes and the neuroprostanes and the choline. Like they never go as steep as uh, Ray. I'm sure maybe in this next year he will put, <laughs> integrate some of those ideas into his his own stuff because mm-hmm. um you and I talked about this Kyle or or maybe it's Georgia I don't know but people in the health world do like to be be progressive in some way so they need new stuff to talk about like intermittently. And but uh, yeah. since he's already diving down this kind of like mimicry of what Ray's done, I I can't imagine he won't like take more. Well, I, like when are they going to start talking about carbon dioxide? I I guarantee at some point they will because even Chris Masterjohn in 2013 2014 yes. when you talk about vitamin K, like you have to talk about the what is it the carboxylation or whatever. Like you have to talk about carbon dioxide, and so. Um, and and that would actually support kind of his honey theory or, you know, so it, it's, and, and it, if somebody's talking about carbon dioxide, you know, they are strictly lifting it from Ray because I, I can't think of any, maybe Boteco, like I can't think of anybody else that thinks carbon dioxide is important stuff. Mm, Boteco method. Well, if they're mm-hmm. talking about it in a way, it's like we hear them, like we pick up. Like yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. The, 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 you, the people can talk about carbon dioxide, but if they're talking about it as like, oh, it's protective of like protein amide bonds, like it's like, okay, I loud and clear, like you just read a repeat article like from the website with like the ice cream cone, <laughs> 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 and you're just not giving credit because, again, it's like that's just I don't know, it's it's really bad. I mean, Chris Masterjohn, I was. Uh, I, I was kind of annoyed that I don't think he's ever given any credit to Ray Pete. I could be wrong. 
at that time when he was talking about vitamin K, I don't think he was doing it. However, a bunch of people rip off Chris Masterjohn, so I'm almost just like, whatever. That dude's kind of mm-hmm. like he's he's getting ripped off left and right by all these like. There was one video, guys. yeah. There was one video. I googled Chris Chris Masterjohn Ray Pete, and there was only one video that I could find. And he was taught. He said somebody asked him about something Ray Pete, and he just said like, "I like some of his ideas, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that he has to say. But I think it's interesting." That's something like that. That was that's just about it. That's all that I've heard. That's like I'm not, I Chris uh, like I like Chris, but that's also one of those kind of nonsense statements. It's like, yeah, of course nobody like perfectly syncs up with somebody else. Do I always have yes. to say that? Yes. Like when I, <laughs> Ain't that funny? So anno- yes, yeah, it's, it's so, so true, dude. Especially in the in the fitness world too, or like you know, like even with like training stuff, you know, it's like, well, I don't agree with everything, but. I'm copying 75% of fucking everything he has to say and I'm using, and I'm selling it to people, but I don't agree with everything he has to say. And it's just like, like come on. It's, Chris, yeah, it's a pre-canned answer. Yeah. Yeah, Chris did good work. Uh, it was funny because he, he came out with like a series of articles, I think, on the, the carbon dioxide and the fat solubles, and it was picked up by nobody. <laughs> like, <laughs> you mentioned that. And nobody at Weston A. Price or Paleo or Keto, like nobody was even remotely interested in like, mm. per, uh, I don't know, like picking that up and talking about it. And so, um, yeah, but cr- cr- I have respect for Chris, but uh, yeah, there's no but to that statement. I have respect for him. He, he, he's he been in this, I think, a long term. Yeah, he's definitely like proven himself as like he seems to have integrity and he's, he's actually a good resource for a lot of things. That same thing though. I remember back when I was first getting into Ray or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a couple years in, but I think I just Googled his name and was somehow, cause I don't, I never read, uh, Mark. What was Mark's daily just, asshole? Just... Uh, yeah, I never read his stuff really. Like I, <clears throat> you know, just a handful of articles, but I found him talking about, uh, what is it, resistant starches? Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh, well, Ray Pete says. And then Mark was like, oh, you know, I like Ray Pete. I really do. But sometimes I think he misses the forest for the trees. Or, mm-hmm. And it, it was a very similar thing where it's like, oh, I think his stuff is really interesting. But I totally disagree. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Also, I haven't read any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, can you, that's the other thing. It's like, can you explain that? Like, people are like, oh, I don't, uh, oh, I don't, I don't really agree with that. And it's like, oh, awesome. It's so great because, like, we're on a podcast, so we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But no, they just like, <laughs> well, like, you, you know, just, <laughs> you know, to that. You can see that, that they'll just be like, oh, yeah, like, processed food's bad. Like, uh, let's get that out of the way. Like, why? You know, like, <laughs> I thought your audience was stupid. Like we've already uh, talked about a bunch of like audiences, stupid background things. So, you know, why don't we just, you know, so you could just see like, they're, they're just like fitting blocks into like pre pre-made holes to sort of just like, like they're, they're putting a railroad track in front of them as they're moving this thing along. Um, and they just mm-hmm. stop at the stops they want to stop at. And uh, it just doesn't, it, it just comes across as very intentional. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with anything, anything you're saying, but us all having gone on our own journeys, you kind of understand the roadblocks, you know? And so, so for example, if, if I'm communicating with somebody and they like vehemently disagree with something, I, I just, I won't, I won't like put up a big fight about it. And then mm-hmm. occasionally, uh, a month, 
six months, a year, two years later, that same person will email me back and say, hey, you know, when we were talking, I really didn't understand what uh, this concept was. But now having gone through more, like I understand it, you know. And so, yeah, it's like we talked, Leo and I talked about this last time, but it's just like the certitude is the most annoying part. Like Marxism kind of like in uh, um, uh, I don't know, signaling the right word, saying like, oh, yeah, I've kind of I parsed through all Ray's work, but I didn't find it compelling. Like and, you know, (laughs) that's not true at all. You know what I mean? Right. And so, so that's why when Bart, Bart came in the chat of one of my live streams, like I said earlier, and I was like, dude, I'd be, I, I'm much less interested in your critique of like these thyroid concepts. And I'm more interested in your like steel man of Ray's work. And then I could know, like, maybe we're on the same page because you can't, mm. somebody can't just tell you about Ray and then you automatically understand the, the, whatever the bioenergetic point of view. It's like very complex and i'm not saying bart's incapable of understanding it but it's like uh, i i imagine it would take some time to like fully integrate it and be able to contrast like the low carb with what ray is saying mm-hmm. takes time you can't everybody just wants a tidbit you know you want like you know like we talked about with you guys carbs are bad or don't eat old plants right well, you know, I do want to bring it back to Paul again. <laughs> I just want to, well, I just want to talk about, because, you know, let, let, let's talk about it as if we have a dumb audience who doesn't understand anything. I mean, his big, you know, thing with the diet, it's like, um, right, he, he, he said, uh, I eat a lot of meat uh, and organs and uh, seasonal fruits here and there. Um, oh, and honey. Um, and then later on, of course, he said in the podcast, I have it like quoted, it was like, when you give rats and humans a lot of fructose, they don't do co- too good. And I was like thinking like, what well, not honey like fructose mostly, bro? But anyway, I mean, let's talk about the meat thing. <laughs> so what would be some of the drawbacks from what you guys know in eating tons of meat every day and organs and or organs? I'm going to pass this one to Kyle. No, sir. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's there's the different genres of problems. There's the low carb problem, mm-hmm. uh, the cortisol problem. If you're relying on that for, cause you know, he said he brought up gluconeogenesis on the Joe Rogan thing. And then he didn't correct Joe when Joe was like, Oh yeah, if you eat too much protein and I forget exactly how he phrased it, but he's like, you know, your body's going to, and it's like, no, your body's always doing gluconeogenesis at some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gets out of hand you know, because the glucose demands that your body is constantly putting for this thing that is supposed that we're all just going to pretend on these podcasts mm-hmm. is like bad, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. your body's like chopping up its own right, right, lean right. tissue to get it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, sorry to interrupt you, but you reminded me that he did say though, he said like your body needs glucose. And it was like, you really he vehemently say that, yeah. say, say that. And I was like, hmm. so like, I'm wondering, you know, like what's the, you know, disconnect there. So tell Yeah, they're getting because mm-hmm. that's what I think Danny, didn't I send this to you on Twitter? Like something about brand friendly changes or something. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the way that you yeah. have to think of this stuff. It's like he'll say, because he'll get challenged, and these people will be like, Oh man, you know, I just learned <laughs> about gluconeogenesis. It's like, uh, how do I integrate this into my brand? Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of just being like, okay, uh, this is what gluconeogenesis is. X percent of your amino acids go to glucose on a high carb diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some number larger than X, <laughs> you know, uh, some multiple times X, 
as your diet gets lower in carbohydrate. And if you just said that, then a lot of people would be like, wow, that kind of almost seems like your body wants carbohydrate and is willing to sacrifice like really important, you know, nutrients to get it. So they just don't say it. They just kind of go, oh yeah, here's the word gluconeogenesis, say it, you'll sound smart. Mm -hmm. And like, and then they just kind of step over it. Um, exactly. And like, yeah, so you'll get like all the sugar you need from, from meat and it's fine. And you just eat enough fat and they don't, they, they don't go into it. Uh, but yeah, so the problem would be with, with eating meat. Yeah. Um, if you think that's bad, you know, that's a whole other thing. Well, I want to talk about it. Why, why would you think it's not bad? Why, why wouldn't you think it's bad? You think? <laughs> I don't even have an opinion. No, uh, I think it's bad because because um, it mimics the starvation state, and I just don't think that mm -hmm. living like that is the way that people are. There's this idea that uh, that was the basic, I don't know, state of man in pre you know pre agricultural times. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's true, and furthermore. I don't think it's good, even if it was true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think like cortisol, you know, chronically high cortisol. I mean, it's clearly a disease state. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, and everybody admits that outside of a low carb. It's like, oh, like you have high cortisol. That's a problem. It's like, mom, I'm going to look up. Like, oh, OK, well, it's OK. Like, right. See, I think very few like maybe Amber's the only her and Charles Washington are like the only one that even admit that that is like a possibility you know what i mean and so usually like like paul's whole thing like uh he commented on my video saying that like there was zero evidence that there was like a higher activity of the sympathetic nervous system on keto you know like that was his that was his big sticking point and so it's there's again the stress physiology like isn't even baked into the concept it's like a it's like a totally other foreign thing like how many times do the keto people or carnivore people even talk about stress? Like barely right. ever. Now, do you think it's because they they haven't hit kind of quote unquote that wall or whatever it could be? You know, because some people just right start feeling like shit. Their temperatures drop like yours, or you know they start getting anxiety, depression, or whatever the symptoms are. Do you think it's just maybe because they haven't hit that you know wall? What whatever how strong their constitution is. <laughs> <laughs> well, pa Paul Salinino hit the wall and started eating honey. Mm -hmm. And Joe right. Rogan started getting pissed <laughs> off at everybody, and he went back, and he got off of carnivore. Like that's so, like, yeah, that's the end of the conversation, as far as I'm concerned. It's like you failed. Yes, I totally like, agree your with diet you. Diet failed. Yes, yes, I, I heard. That, uh, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, people keep keep coming uh, or still come at me on Twitter, and I'm like, dude, you're you're golden boy defected. You know, it's right. like <laughs> why why are you why are you still talking about this? You know, and well, uh, like. Because they're it's, attached I, I, to that I idea. Yeah, I know. There, there's still people like Sean Baker and stuff, but it's um, man, if if Paul can't do it, and you know, and he has infinite, uh, presumably infinite resources to do so, uh -huh. that, I I think that really tells you something. Right, and Rogan was saying that, you know, it was funny because the, the way that Rogan talks about it, he's like, so well, I eat meat and I, you know, and it's fucking great and I love it, but just like, you know, I just want some pasta, like, and I'm like, well. <laughs> yes that's why you want some pasta because you're just eating meat or you're tired of it man so I, I don't know i guess it takes a while i think people think that it's more of a like it's just in your head kind of thing it's not that their body is physiologically um 
craving those things or wanting those things. Because I think there is a, like, a, we're all kind of taught this disconnect that your body is just outside of your mind. And, you know, if you're insane, like, it's just in your head, you know, you can cure it. Like, um, you know, sort of like what you guys talked about on your last uh, live stream, Danny, which was great with Georgie. It was like, um, you know, meditation where it's like just, you know, everything, all your problems can be fixed just by, you know, f focusing your mind in the right direction or not focusing in it, right? And it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe some stuff, but I don't think it's like exclusive. You know what I mean? I definitely think that there's definitely a body-mind connection and not a lot of people talk about that. Straight from the source. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, just to finish up the meat thing real quick. Yeah. Cause yeah, man. Um, you know, the other thing is that, okay, so I'm just going to call a shot. Like, so you said the thing about CO2, Danny, and I swear, swear to God, if one of these guys starts talking about phosphate content in meat, mm. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> all all kind of did, but that's, you're right. That's another tip off that they are. They yeah. are secretly if he starts oh, doing eggshell calcium because he's uh, what he uh, again. I, it's this is that's my first shot. And the second one. Well, this will be like the overall shot I'm calling. He is going to market a high meat. But containing many like pro metabolic foods to sort of rescue the person from the carnivore issues that is marketable under his brand of carnivore. So like what I said about honey is like carnivore sugar or carnivore syrup or whatever, like meat mm -hmm. syrup or whatever, whatever I called it. Um, cause again, it's a, the, the same exact way, the same exact way. Like if you had these people hooked up to a, a neuro scan thing, the same area of the brain that vegans and vegetarians that light up for them when they think about how plant foods have a mystical property is happening to foods derived from animals in these carnivores. It has become a religion. And that is why honey is different than sugar because it's produced by animals. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it, so it, it is holy or it, it's special. It's, it's like ritualistically clean, whatever. Uh, it is religiously diff. It's it's different. That's again why he he could never explain scientifically why it's different. He's like, well, it has some enzymes in it. It's like, no, it is religiously different. And you know what else is different, hmm. or a, a way a carnivore way to solve the phosphate calcium balance problem is eggshell calcium because it's eggs. which happens to be from mm -hmm. animals. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I could right. be wrong. I feel like he has a bone meal product in his supplement. <laughs> yeah, I think Can so. We, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm almost certain he does. Check it out if you want, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Heart, heart, heart and soil, like uh, calcium, because right. because he did uh, acknowledge parathyroid hormones. He rarely talks about it, but he he has mentioned that a few times. But um, but yeah, you're you're right. This is a total repeat thing that will be interesting if yeah. it penetrates that community. And maybe milk. I don't know. What's his view on milk? I think I've heard him say you can have it, right? Because it's an animal thing too. I mean, probably would be okay, right? Because again, it's an animal thing. Yeah. Only if well, it's raw. that's the next step, right? That's the next step. That's the next step. And then it's like, you know. I don't see. So I, I, I only see six products. Oh, yeah. I might be wrong. Mm. Beef organs, blood builder. Mm. Fire starter. Yeah. <laughs> what about guys what about the iron content what about all that because that's such a big topic too in ray's work right it's like not overloading with iron i haven't heard him say anything about iron oh yeah that's another problem right so tell tell me more about that problem kyle <laughs> i'm sorry he's <laughs> selling a product called histamine right 
It's good for you. Yeah, they, that's a big thing in the carnivore community, uh, developing or having a histamine intolerance, which, again, is in this complex biochemical web of, of hormones that um, His- uh, Ray always talks about. Explain that to me. I don't understand. What do you mean? Like, have he's selling something with histamine in it, or what? Oh, it's a bunch of um, it's a bunch of glands and liver. Oh, so, so it's the same shit. I guess the idea <laughs> is histamine and it's just the the product called histamine and immune. Okay. Proper histamine metabolism. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Well, <laughs> come on, guys. We have to have a. Yeah, <laughs> It just like it hurts my uh, like I understand I don't actually have a problem with like marketing and stuff and like if people are not that smart and you have to just be like here buy the good good for you products and people are like oh yeah I'll get the good for you product but then there's all these different tiers of interaction where like then that person goes on to talk to an expert on a thing and then that's for like the higher brow audience and then they have a book some of the stuff they talk about is as dumb as the names of these um, products. <laughs> like when he was talking to Joe and it's like, so I don't know. It just, it just looks like he, um, he just knew what people wanted to buy and he just like got this thing going. Yeah. Well, what people want to hear too. I'm not even mad about it. It's just like <laughs> so weird. I'm looking at it. It's like, I'm like, wow, that font. Like, yes, I've seen that before on the jars. Like, uh-huh. I, I see um, bone, there's like uh, hipster bone broth companies that sell sell it in glass. Uh-huh. And it's got the same thing. It's got like the animal and it's got like a cool font, like embossed, uh, old, you know, like letters that are like made three-dimensional. Um, I, I don't know. I just find it fascinating. I'm like, this is just, cr- this is a bunch of crap. <laughs> Well, the average person. You're not his target audience, Kyle. You're not the target audience, obviously. I'm so, his trigger audience. It, yeah. triggers, it triggers me. So, Iron, what would be some other bad shit that you wouldn't want to consume in your consuming too much meat for the person that doesn't know for for his audience? What would you tell them? I think Kyle covered it. it's the the phosphate, the mm-hmm. iron, um, the lack of calcium, which is like the counterpart to the the phosphate. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's lots of be- like benefits. So I amino uh, acid I, balance, the amino acid balance, the glycine, the uh, pro uh, proline or whatever. The um, but again, like f- from whatever the person was consuming to to, to going over to Paul's uh, point of view or whatever, mm-hmm. like the chances are they're likely to feel like a million bucks, you know. And so that's what that's what's so like insidious about this is like feeling terrible, I- implementing foods you've never consumed before, feeling a lot better, and then like being um, uh, sucked into this like cult like mentality, and, you right. know. But but again, as we talked about last time, there's it's it's very co- complex, and people like being parts of things. And like Kyle, when you were a libertarian, you probably identified with that as, and, and that's like a part of you. You know, it's like extremely complex. And uh, if anything, you can point your finger at the the culture of like taking away these like kind of meaningful uh, or the agency we have of. Uh, steering us in these directions of trying to find meaning in our, in these, in our life, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> y- you know, 
because you got to take a stance. So you're, you know, you're saying basically if that same guy, if he went, although he did say he went vegan for a while, right? And I think he said he's been two years now that he's carnivore, which, like you said, it's like a, a girlfriend that you're still figuring out, and it's it, it is pretty fucking crazy that um, the the yeah the how much how much he's putting all of his eggs in one basket, right? It's just like, yeah, man. And why is he an authority? Like, right. It, I'm just like I. I just can't stand it. Like I can't stand the structure of communication to people about this stuff because if you just say things in a certain way and say it with confidence, mm-hmm. like I've had people tell me before, like, oh, you know, you're not clear enough on what you're saying. It's like, that's because I don't know the answer and I'm telling you what I know and I'm not just going to bullshit it. And it's like, you're, you're far down on the Dunning Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they want, they're, they're literally asking me like, just, just say what. Tell what, me what yeah. I want to hear. But you're, but you're you're espousing like a very evolved, a mature point of view, and so again, that's like that just comes. I understand. I, I don't disagree with you, but it's like that's not somebody who's. I, we kind of talked about this last time too, lately. I think like sick people want immediate answers. They want certitude. They want authority. Yes. And so if you've gone through it, you feel a lot better, you know, and you realize how complex things are. That yeah. is not attractive to somebody that's in like kind of a desperate situation, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm, I'm as turned off and the, the way that pr- people portray themselves, like kind of as the authority is like mm-hmm. disgusting and mm-hmm. kind of gross to me. But, but if you asked Danny 10 years ago, uh, or 15 years ago, that would have been like real, maybe that would have been really appealing, you know? Yeah, Kyle called it strong horses last time in our podcast, you know. Yeah, nobody wants right. to follow the guy that's just like, eat some of this and some of that and some of this and some of that. And it's like, yeah. Well, it's just, I no mean, he's particularly egregious because if he was a <laughs> vegan two years ago, I'm just saying, like, they, the people that get risen up or whatever, um, like, if it was somebody like Mark Sisson who's been around forever and if he's, like, still kind of healthy and he's kind of older now, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, fine. You know, he's got like street credentials. He's been around for a while. Um, right. I can understand that. But it's like this guy that just comes out of nowhere and like takes a bunch of. Uh... I mean, the first time I saw this was with um, Dave Asprey. I started <laughs> seeing in like 2013. I was kind of late to it, but I saw the Facebook ads and stuff. And I was like, I was in grad school and I was like, this is. This is dumb. <laughs> and then he just exploded. Everybody's like, oh, biohacking and like fungus-free coffee or whatever. Do you put coffee and you put butter in your coffee, man? Because if you don't, you're really missing out, man. It really keeps the caffeine flow slow and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that was the first time I realized like, oh, my God. Like yeah. these people are just – it's like they're going to the bank and they're like, all right, I need a loan for like a million dollars. What's your business plan? And it's like, look – and they just point to like 10 internet forums and they're like, I'm going to take all of this crap that people just talk about on the internet. It's going to be mainstream in two years and I'm going to have products yeah. for all of the, for like millions of people. Yep. And have you seen him lately? Dave Asprey? He looks like shit, man. He's always looked bad. That's what, that's what killed me about it. He looked, he was, um, in his early forties. What? In like 2013, I guess he would have been, I think, he's I, four, I think he's 47 now. I think. So he was 40. Maybe he's in his early About 40s, actually. seven years ago. He looks terrible. I don't know, but he looks fucking awful. All right, all right. So you know what? Let, let's not speculate. Uh, Dave Go ahead. Asprey. 
But see, people like him and and Paul, Paul really did a good job because at the end he kind of goes like, well, you know, I'm doing this because I want the people in the world to feel better and I want my parents to feel better. And it's like when somebody says that, you really appeal to other people and people, you know, don't catch on to the bullshit sometimes. And then it's, um, it's a tricky business, so he, man. He's 46 right now. Mm -hmm. I'm Googling Dave Asprey 20... Uh, 20 oh, okay so 2013 all i'm saying is mm -hmm. he is uh 10 years older than me mm -hmm. <laughs> and seven years ago he was three years older than me and in three years i'm not there's no way i'm going to look like the way dave asprey did in 2013 mm -hmm. and like that's all I have to say about that—that's <laughs> all I got to say about that. I mean, I—I I, I think he's somebody that built his own prison, you know, like oh, with man. his whole lifestyle, and also instead of cryogenic, like, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and also he—he kind of did a Paul Saladino type of thing where I think the people that get really popular do media rounds, you know, they go talk to like they do tons of podcasts, they go to different places, and they fly a bunch mm -hmm. like that considering what is in those ca cabins of flights and stuff like that, that has to be a toxic lifestyle to, to, to do, you know? So well, it's also probably becoming, and also becoming like that echo chamber. Like we talked about, like living in California where it's just, they're flying around meeting all these other biohackers and all these other biohackers have the same fucking opinion as them. And so they're just, you know, buying into it and there's no, nobody questioning them at all whatsoever. There was a funny video uh, on Dave's, uh, uh, Facebook page where I think it was Dr. Delgado, who's like a long-term vegan was analyzing Dave's blood, like live on the spot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and Delgado was like, Whoa, your blood <laughs> looks really bad. Like mm -hmm. has tons of markers of oxave stress. And like every time Delgado would say like the, something looked bad, Dave would say, Oh, I was in a, a hotel a month ago and I got exposed to mold or I, I drank red wine last. He had like just, he had an Multiples. answer for everything, and he knew exactly yeah, yeah. where to pinpoint it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. the little piece. Again, mm -hmm. again I, I don't think life is easy. I think it, everybody's being harmed all the time, but I just thought um, I just thought it was funny that yeah, man. this Del, Dr. Delgado actually looks pretty good for being a vegan for so long. Mm -hmm. So another thing was you were talking about like markers of health and stuff. So another thing that Paul brought up on Rogan's podcast was um, continuous glucose monitors. And he said like, like that – that's the thing that really tells you everything about your metabolic health. What do you guys think of those glucose monitors, the continuous ones? You just kind of, right, you just clip them on the back of your arm, yada, yada, and, like, that tells well, you everything. What, well, one, that's going to be a terrifying technology. Like, that, I think, is going to be really uh, um, insidious in the future. You know, I, um, well, I was just watching something. Uh, mm -hmm. They're technocratic future uh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't go into this. Anyways, um, <laughs> go for I, it, man. <laughs> I, no, I'll derail the show. Um, I couldn't think it. They're usually framing it in the idea that lower is better, and so that I think is bankrupt and has no validity. If anything, the lower means right. Stress. And like also like what we talked about with Dominic D'Agostino guys, right? It's like if you haven't had carbs in a long time and then you have some, like of course you're gonna have this huge reaction to them, right? Like, but what does that really tell you? Like, I, I, I don't know what that tells me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I never eat carbs, you know, or let's say for a certain amount of time and my blood glucose is low and steady, right? And then I eat, you know, a cookie and it just goes crazy. It's like, 
Well, yeah. High free fatty acids blocking your use of glucose, probably. Right, but this doesn't really tell me anything, does it? Like, I mean, it just tells me that, yeah, I probably shouldn't be eating a cookie, but... Like I I don't know it's kind of a useless thing but but again in the biohacking and the Ben Greenfield fitness kind of guys it's a really popular technology. Kyle, what are your thoughts I on mean, it? Are, are they expecting to like eat a bunch of sugar after being on a low carb diet and have their blood sugar not go up? Exactly. Like, is that what they're trying? They're That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. You might have thought <laughs> that, eating, that drinking this 16 ounce like thing of Coca-Cola wouldn't raise my blood sugar because I am have such a healthy metabolism on a low carb diet. Right. But even my bulletproof metabolism is destroyed with a, a blood glucose spike by this, you know, however many grams of sugar. It's like mm-hmm. the, everything they're saying is wrong. Like right. it's, it's, I just really want to like, it's exquisitely incorrect. Yes. yes. I'm happy. You, like, I really want to talk about this because, like because if you talk to, if you hire a health coach or whatever, any of these, this is like the, you know, technology that they're using to measure everything. They're just like, and that's Paul's, again, it's directly from him. He said, that's really the thing that tells you a lot about your metabolic health. And yeah, well, it's like, why is your blood sugar going up? Like mm-hmm. really the only time that I would think it would be bad for your Mm -hmm. blood sugar to be going up is if your fasting glucose is going up over time, Mm -hmm. like how low carbers have, right? That's that's the one example of it be, or actual untreated diabetics. If they have a meal and their blood sugar doesn't go down for like three hours Mm -hmm. post prandial, that is bad. And either they're type one diabetic and they're not taking insulin or they're extremely insulin resistant because you know of things that have nothing because of things other than sugar in their system blocking the metabolism you know the metabolism the use of the glucose and the disposal of it mm-hmm. uh none of those things are mentioned or addressed it's just they just have this thing like your blood sugar being high is bad right um but really if you if you are a normal person with a healthy metabolism and you drink a soda your blood sugar will go up and then go back down. And if you drink another one, the same thing will happen. And that's good. Mm-hmm. And actually, the low-carb people, it'll, it'll probably go up more and stay elevated longer because they have, when they're introducing the, the soda or whatever they're eating, they probably have a bunch of free fatty acids in their system that's going to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, so like ev- everything about their premise is wrong. Right. So just to break it down again, like if you haven't been having carbs for a long time, right, you have higher levels of free fatty acids in your blood. My my got my on point, and if you have and, and you start trying to have carbs, like or if you're starving, or if you're star or Either fasting, way. right? Starving. <laughs> um, so having a soda and you're having your blood sugar spike like crazy, it's not surprising. But if you're a person that's uh, not a low carb or you eat c- carbs consistently and you have some carbs, you're not going to have that spike, but you will have a spike, right? Because that's just what happens, and then your blood sugar goes down again, and. Yeah, it's it's crazy that, but that's what, like I said, you know, in the whatever the mainstream kind of fitness or health coaching, ver- I you know places, that's what's like really being looked at. Like, oh well, because it used to be you know just the blood dri- dripper thing, and then now it's like the continuous one because you need it. Because trust me, we get twenty four hour, you know, fucking access to your blood, and it's really important. I, I don't think that it is. I think Kyle's right. It's like having a map of New York and Paris. It's like leading this person to like every mm. wrong conclusion and, and looking at it through like low carb 
goggles. And so, and I think you said it on our 2016 really popular podcast that got tons of downvotes. <laughs> and it was like that you like when you're going low carb, you're not solving your like so-called insulin resistance. You're just kind of uh, it's like going to the gym and you're having weak legs or something and just like not working them out and saying, oh, I've solved my weak leg problem, you know? Mm-hmm, right. So, yeah. But but the, the part about that that's strange is they'll say, well, carbohydrates are inherently toxic. And so that's like, okay, how are you going to counter that belief? Like it's a bit like a big system. <sighs> yeah, guys. Well, now here's here's a question for you. Like. Because, you know, I don't know how, how your experience – I never really, I guess, asked either of you guys like in detail how it was when you initially started to eat carbohydrates from coming from a low-carb diet. Like when I did that, I mean – and I'd have carbohydrates. It, I'd definitely feel like fucking you know, not that great. You know, I'd feel this like spike of energy and over time, of course, it got better. So, you know, like, do you think it's a sign, though, of, like, something not being right when somebody eats, you know, just a carbohydrate meal and they feel awful right after it? I feel like the people that I've, the majority of the people that I talk to that have that problem, they have something going on in their intestine. Like, Mm. the people that are super sensitive and say, like, really uh, wild stuff happens to them when they eat some kind of carbohydrate, like, I... Mm-hmm. It makes me think they have some kind of overgrowth or bacteria in their intestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my personal experience um, was so I entered graduate school in 2011, the fall of 2011, as a mostly raw carnivore person. Like I would bring a glass lock container with raw meat in it in like my backpack <laughs> to eat. And you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I started studying and doing just different things like grading papers and stuff. Cause I was a, also a teaching assistant during that time at, for whatever reason, I really liked the vibe at the Barnes and Noble Starbucks cafe in this town. There was a couple towns over like actual Starbucks is too busy for me to do work, but the Barnes and Noble Starbucks is kind of like a dying <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Uh, and I, the people watching is better there. Cause it's like people with book. I don't know. I just really loved the vibe and I would go there and I would not bring a glass lock container of, of raw meat because I just like wasn't not ballsy enough to do that <laughs> in a place like that. And so I would get um, like a coffee drink, you know, and one of those crappy like cheese stuffed pretzels. Okay. And I started for the first time ever because places like that, um, a lot of times when they have service employees working, it's a little too cold because they're moving around a lot. So it's comfortable for them. So if you're sitting reading a book, an hour later, your like hands are like slow and you realize like the cold has gotten in because it's just like three degrees less than you'd like it to be if you're still, if you're not moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, I was doing a low carb diet and I was fasting because I didn't bring any food. And I started noticing, I don't know if I had just hit that age where I just couldn't do it anymore. This is my late 20s or, you know, graduate school, it's stressful, whatever. Or, or maybe I hadn't gone that long without eating of course, I was studying, so I was probably using a lot of sugar in my brain. All of that together, I started getting really cold in this Barnes & Noble Starbucks and feeling irritated and crappy. And when I would go get one of their crappy <laughs> food items, like cheddar broccoli soup and a stuffed pretzel, which is just like totally like reheated processed food, probably a ton of poofa, uh-huh. um, you know, maybe some natural cheese in there with cheese product, who knows? But I would feel like warm 
after mm. that and better. Uh, and that was right around the time I started reading Ray Pete stuff. And, um, and I was basically like, wow, that's really weird. Cause I don't feel when I was doing the carnivore thing, this is true that you feel steady all day. Right. Um, but if you feel crappy, like if you feel crappy and then you have a carnivore meal, you, you just, you feel the same. Like it doesn't actually bring you up. You know, because it doesn't raise your blood sugar or anything. Actually, one time I was teaching a physiology class and we were doing blood glucose and the students had to take their blood glucose over like the three hour lab. And um, some of them, we'd split them up. Some of them would drink uh, one of those glucose testing beverages. You know, it's like 100 grams of glucose. Mm-hmm. And a group would drink like half of it and a third group wouldn't take anything. And they would take four glucose readings every like 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I take mine as well and i took mine after eating one of my raw meat meals and it was like 60 something that's low because i just ate a bunch of amino acids that are insulin uh what's it called when it insulin, causes insulin insulinogenic yeah insulinogenic mm-hmm. with no carbohydrate so it just crap and i would so i had it was like funny because i was learning this stuff i was kind of like oh this rapey thing's interesting because like me i can't if something's interesting even if i I'm like, I hate this because I'm like, I have to keep going back, you know? So I'm reading it. I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he says this thing about cholesterol I like, but then he says, you know, something else. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I started having that experience at the Barnes and Noble with their shitty food that had carbs in it, but that made me feel like warm and good and like put me in a good mood while I'm doing, you know, work that I, it's like stressful and it's hard to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had that experience with like, I mean, if I had kept doing that diet, it's likely that if I just like ate enough meat at the wrong time, I would actually like get dizzy. You know what I mean? Like I was hitting that blood glucose level because I I was probably really insulin sensitive at the time, you know, and Mm. and this diet where I'm like slamming myself with insulin and no glucose. And uh, it was really interesting to see that because I was I was like, oh, my blood glucose is going to be it's going to be like 80. It's going to be like whatever the number is supposed to be good on the stupid medical textbooks. Mm-hmm. And it was like really low. It was really low. So, you know, like working with clients, I would like, I do have clients that, for example, if you, that's why I think a lot of people switch over to the carnivore diet. Partly. It's not only all this other stuff that comes of it. It's like, like you said, when they eat oatmeal for breakfast and I've had the experience too, like in an hour, I'm fucking hungry. And I and I and I don't feel great. I want to eat something more. But then when they eat, you know, whatever beef and cashews for breakfast, they definitely have that like three four hour steady window of like feeling good. How come? But then you know, there's other people that like like I'm saying like uh, they'll eat some oatmeal and if they feel the same, they feel really good for a few hours. Do you think something is messed up with either of their kind of metabolisms? Uh, Danny, do you want to go on that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't fully understand the question. Like the feeling good is always subjective. You know, it's like, well, they don't get have, hungry. Have... They don't get hungry. They have steady energy. You know, when they eat, that's why a lot of people are switching over to carnivore diet. You know, they, yeah, that they, was my experience. They eat a big meal of meat and whatever, even meat and carbs or something, vegetables, meat, meat and vegetables, right? They feel good for three, four hours. Now, versus if I just gave them some fruit or they had some oatmeal, they would just, you know, pure carbohydrate stuff, they get hungry in an hour and they crash. 
Yeah, possibly the liver isn't working that great storing sugar, and so mm. the reliance on the fatty acid metabolism maybe is a steadier type of energy, you know? Um, and also the cortisol and adrenaline, it probably feels pretty good for a lot of people. You know, I have, like, two references I spam everywhere, but it's uh, one's from Hans Selye and the other one's from uh, Constance R. Martin, and they both say identical things, that the running on a, a adrenaline and cortisol feels euphoric uh, mm -hmm. for... Mm -hmm. Uh, at least a certain time and then followed by psychic depression or suicidal tendencies. And so I don't know if you could say specifically what that is for each person, but right. Well, it was just a thing that, you know, like I said, it even happened to me where I, I, I'd meet guys that they'd eat oatmeal and some fruit for like a tiny amount, you know, or just a regular sized meal. And they well, were, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they're just not eating enough. You think probably, huh? Yeah, and like if they're more hungry in the morning, like I actually don't feel that hungry in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, I used to, I used to skip breakfast when I was on the carnivore thing, and I didn't have that much of an issue with it. And when I started eating, you know, more like a three meals per day and, and adding carbs back in and everything, uh, sometimes I just skip breakfast on accident because I, I actually don't get. But some people like feel like they have to eat in the morning. I mean, if if somebody feels like they have to eat in the morning. Mm -hmm. So like two meals or whatever, then just like, what's the problem? Right. Well, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, like I said, it's just more so that people, some people eat carbs for, break, for bre breakfast, they feel fine or even lunch, whatever, they feel fine. And other people, when they eat that, and I was like that myself, I'd get hungry in an hour and I'd feel this crash. But when I would eat meat with something else, I'd feel much better. But then I started thinking that, yeah, tell me, Danny. I was, I'm going to uh, rain on everybody's parade. I actually have one other, other Skype. And so I should have, I, I planned this very poorly. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so cool. You got to go now right now? Yeah, probably like 10 minutes or so. Is that okay? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just didn't, I didn't uh, plan it. Don't worry, brother, brother. It's all good. We're just maybe, we'll, we'll just, go, just sign off whenever you got to go. All right? No problem. Okay. okay. At like at five after all, I'll bail. Perfect. Perfect. I'll hold down the fort. <laughs> okay. Hold down the fort. All right. My question was, again, <laughs> do you, here's what I'm getting at. Uh, it seems like to me now that a healthier guy, a, guy, a person who's like I consider, I think is healthier, they can have a meal of carbohydrate and feel fine for a couple hours. You know, to, just like a person that has that can't have that meal because they feel this crash. They need some sort of meat because that's what that's why I think that's one big reason that definitely a lot of people are switching over to the carnivore side because they have they say you know you eat carbs and you have this crash and it sounds like to me that oh maybe your liver is not storing enough glycogen maybe you're just not really pro good at processing those carbohydrates. That's my thinking process now. Or or like Kyle said, they're not eating enough carbohydrate just in in general. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should be eating meat too. Like, there's, I mean, it's, you shouldn't just have a thing of oatmeal and like, you know, a few grams of protein in like a milk or something. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm -hmm. I, it's not surprising if somebody had, you know, less than twenty grams of protein in their breakfast and that like a reasonable amount of carbs and a little bit of fat and that that's not satiating for a long time. That's that doesn't really strike me as like a, a metabolic issue. It's just like. Yeah, I mean that's it's true that fat and protein are part of the satiety system mm -hmm. and they keep you sated longer along with, you know, carbohydrates. Like carbohydrates definitely are like a quicker a quicker thing. And I guess people are just like, well, yeah, so that means it's bad. It's like, you know, cuz like longer lasting fuels are better. Mm -hmm. 
that's kind of the thought process with people. Yeah, it's like if I eat oatmeal, I'm hungry in two hours. But if I eat a giant steak, I'm hungry in five hours. So that must be better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's part of why I wanted to do that video about the exercise substrates, you mm -hmm. know, uh, because I just wanted <coughs> to make it clear <laughs> mm -hmm. that, yes, the body can run its basic metabolic processes, you know, on fat and it can it can do all these things. But like these nutrients, it's like there's this weird, unnecessary dichotomy where it's like, OK, well, I I decided that carbs are like. I can't eat, I can't eat um, more meat without cutting carbs to zero. It, it's like people have this, you know, binary choice, and and then you know they just step over the gluconeogenesis thing and they kind of go, oh, I'm running on fat now, and they they don't even know what their but their tissues are using, right? Like that's not that complicated. I mean, I specifically <laughs> referenced every enzyme in every pathway just a very to make sure thorough job <laughs> that nobody could say anything about it uh you know that it's incorrect and in, or incomplete in any way um but basically the middle more than 50 percent of that video is essentially just for reference you could just skip that over that for the most part mm -hmm. um which i actually i should have put timestamps. maybe i still could uh but the point is is that like, yeah, the body is this system where you eat different foods, mm -hmm. they get stored in different tissues, and they're used for different things. It's not – your body isn't this thing where it's like, well, today I shall use fat or like today I shall use sugar. And then that's – like people actually think that. And it's the people like Paul Saladino, again, like, yeah, yeah, he can't tell everybody everything. But if people are walking away – you know what it reminds me of? Um, there was a – Back in the, the aughts, there was some kind of survey of Americans, like, was Saddam Hussein involved in the 9-11 attacks? And a majority of Americans said yes. <laughs> but nobody in the George W. Bush administration ever actually said that explicitly. They just hinted – they just would say – like, they would talk about 9-11, and then they would talk about the Iraq war and Saddam Hussein. And they know – like, those people know how to create connections without did, saying something. I mm -hmm. think you're right, but didn't Rumsfeld actually have a quote where he did – if not directly say it, like almost say it. And then he was on meet the press and they played it back to him. And he was like, he was basically caught in a, a total lie. I, I don't remember that. I mean, they definitely said, you know, they repeated the thing, like we don't want the smoking gun to be a mushroom cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They repeated that like a hundred times. It's in the Earl Morris do documentary with him. It makes him look kind of stupid. <laughs> but, uh, my point is that these people should, like, um, if they're educating people and then the people think something incorrect that's actually bad for them or, like, something basically incorrect, like, just factually incorrect about how glucose works, you know, or about how, how your tissues, like, how the liver works, use this or that, like, and they, they're listening to this person. It's like, dude, that's on, that's on this person. Like, they should explain this stuff so that somebody's not making uh, this – like they're they're letting them think they're they're leading them to think these things for marketing purposes, just like the presidential administration will wink and nod that the person they want to bomb for some totally unrelated reason is the person that like knocked over your buildings. Uh, on that note, <laughs> okay, I want to take off. Kyle, thank you, Danny Roddy, DannyRoddy.com. Thanks for coming, brother. It was awesome. Nice talking. Pleasure. We'll do it again. Again.
if, if you need be. But cool. always a pleasure, guys. Pleasure as ours, brother. Appreciate Peace. it. Hey, talk to you soon. Okay, bye, guys. Peace. <laughs> Kyle, you good? You staying on? You want to stay on? You want to chat a little more? Yeah, I'll chat a little more. Like, do you have specific... Because I feel like we went off on a lot of, uh, like, I guess, bro tangents, you could call them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do I have specific um, questions? No. Yeah. Well, well you, I let you guys have it. You guys were really adamant about... <laughs> I wanted to kind of chop, chop, chop with Kyle. With, I mean, Kyle. With a Paul. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just because you guys have been in that sphere for so long that it just pisses you off that I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, it, at a certain point, like... Um, when you see a pattern, like what I was saying about the the thing with the Saddam Hussein and 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, if you're like 10 years old and you, even if you know that that's not true and a bunch of people think it and they're, you're like, oh man, it's so weird. Like a bunch of people think this thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you grow up and you see how, how complex and how complicated lying can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should say just being dishonest or misleading people. Yeah. So when I see gurus and, you know, that's a bad term now, so nobody calls themselves that, but, you know, somebody who is like presenting themselves as an authority figure, who is uh, like making money on this, mm-hmm. um, who is like really sensitive about their image about mm-hmm. it. Like they don't, you know, they want to sort of have this aura mm-hmm. and you see them saying certain things and not saying other things, you know, skipping over this topic, emphasizing this topic, and you've seen it before, it like triggers that kind of spider sense of like, oh, okay, like he's doing the thing. Right, right. Uh, which is kind of, unfortunately, it's like an inside, it's not something that makes as much sense maybe to somebody who's like first getting into this stuff, but. No, it takes time. It takes time to realize that, man, because it's, it's so like complicated it, like, world. Yeah, like what Danny said about if if they start talking about CO two in a certain kind of way, it's mm-hmm. there's there's no way it's like oh wow he came to the same conclusions as Ray. It's it's just he's just straight the chances of that are so small. Yeah, you just know. You know, it's the same thing. Like um, if somebody just shows up, it's like oh yeah, this person was uh, they were in New York for a few months, and then their next MMA fight they were doing heel hooks. It's like isn't that so weird? Like <laughs> it's like oh did they train with John Danaher at Henzo Gracie's? And it's like no. no, I don't think so. I think they just decided to like add heel hooks. <laughs> no like, man, like if you know enough about the thing, you know where it's you know what I mean, where it's coming right. from. Right. Music is the same way. I get you, man. Well, you brought up heel hooks. Tell me. so you know like. <laughs> I want to talk, let's talk about exercise because I know you're a, you're a purple belt, right? You said in BJJ. Yeah. 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 So like you know, in the, in the rapier world, you don't really hear Ray mention a lot of things about exercise at all. And actually, the few times that I have, it's sort of um, like he doesn't sound like he's a fan of exercise in general. No. Yeah, that's one of my criticisms of Ray is that it seems like he has an overarching framework mm-hmm. of life as something like the purpose is to minimize stress. Right. Uh, and I don't like, I see that as a means to accomplishing your ends in your life. Like Mm -hmm. you should minimize stress so that you can like insert, you know, like blank, Mm -hmm. not you you, you should minimize your stress so that you can continue to minimize your stress. Just completely get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you shouldn't be like, um, sort of like bubble boy mentality. (laughs) Like if you could somehow have like live in a bubble where it like has higher CO2 uh-huh. and you have like a glucose drip all the time and like, uh-huh. like whatever, like a sort of um, a caricature of like all the repeat stuff, just all right. in one bubble. You just that, see that to me would coming out of the teat of... straight into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that would be creepy. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So exercise is part of that because exercise is stressful. Right. Right. Now, how now do you think there's like levels? Well, of course, there's levels to it. But I'm saying like, do you think because when you start talking about exercise with like the, you know, the Paul Saladino types and they did talk about saunas and stuff on the on the um, on the podcast, um, there's this view of like uh, exercise, like, you know, it induces stress, but then that stress makes you stronger. You know, and then when you're when something like that stressful happens, so it's like like the, the idea being that it's like this stress makes you stronger. I, I don't I don't know how much do you agree with that kind of thought process? Well, the problem is the word stress has a bunch of different connotations. Mm-hmm. Like there there are ways that people use the word stress to mean purely a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a more say technical definition like. For example, if you're talking about a material, like a building material, oh, it can take this much sheer stress or strain, you mm-hmm. know? So you're just talking about it in a technical, like this thing will will break or whatever material failure at this poundage or whatever. Um, and then, you know, that, that technical definition is brought over into like the Han Selye stuff when he talks about stress and his experiments where he would say strap down a rodent like a rat or a mouse and they would try to get away and they couldn't and that would cause stress you know mm-hmm. or like you can dunk like throw them in a um like a bucket of water and make them swim for a while or else they drown right that's like a a stress uh there's a lot of different things that people do with rodents to induce stress and mm-hmm. to like see how they cope with it and to you know give them drugs give them different diets see how that changes like what happens to them mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends what you're talking about. I mean, it's literally stressful on your muscles to produce force, at least at a certain level. Like it, you know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like your cortisol does go up when you exercise, right? And they used to even do cortisol blockers back in the day. All the fitness guys used to do that because the thought process was, you know, or no, they used to give you cortisol pills. My bad. At the end, to raise your cortisol even more to kind of induce that, st- <laughs> yeah, yeah, to induce that kind of response. The thinking being that you know you're gonna tear down your muscle even more and it'll grow even more, better. Right. But even even beyond that, even beyond like a hard workout where you have stressed your whole body, mm-hmm. just like bending pressure against your muscles and also against your bones, like it does things, reactions where um, like if you are repeatedly uh, – think of it this way. When people are in space stations, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't have the stress of gravity to the same amount on their body, mm-hmm. they're – their muscles and bones and other systems, but just, you know, to keep it simple, just talking about this change. Right. So they get kind of all crippled up when they go back to, to earth, they're all, they they need time because they're not as strong as walking and their their bone mass is smaller. Is is gravity stress? You know what I mean? So you could Mm -hmm. call gravity stress. You could call the lack of gravity stress, but these people have negative medical outcomes. So is the lack of gravity stress? Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense because gravity literally produces a stress force. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, on, on, on the body constantly, mm-hmm. your, your weight, you know? And so I would think of it as like a biologically appropriate stress. I mean, it's it just, stre- the word stress, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a word people use. like, oh, I'm so stressed out. This is so stressful. Right. It's like, like a crappy word for that. Can mean a lot of things too. 
But yeah. so so with that thinking, like you like you said, you brought up gravity. With that thinking, then it seems like your body does need a certain amount of that quote unquote stress, meaning you know something that kind of forces physiologic physi- physiological change, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, but then, so maybe the question is how much of that and at a, at, at what appropriate times is it needed, right? Because right. probably too much, like we everybody knows, overtraining, right? You're overtraining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you lose muscle mass or you start feeling like shit. You have a bad, bad uh, mood, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's definitely a real thing. Um, yeah. But then, you know, so and when it comes to like saunas and stuff like that, have you looked in the research of stuff like that and cryo chambers Actually, and all these things? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Come on, brother. The only, the only thing I really looked into was, you know, when we were talking about Wim Hof and I had that whole thing about how he has a certain kind of look to him. Oh yeah. To me just seems like, um, what's it called? And is it angiogenesis or when you make more blood vessels? Alcoholics knows you're talking about, right? Yeah. Uh Well, that's what it is, right? Like there's a, that's like a term, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody got like totally addicted to whether it's Wim Hof method or some other uh, attempt at hormetic Mm -hmm. therapy. Uh, that they would like, you know, cause that those kinds of symptoms or get, you know, a, even insulin resistance, like mm-hmm. sort of a chronic elevated cortisol and growth hormone and the other things that, you know, creep up when you have a constant stress level. It's or, like those uh, repetitive. Mm-hmm. It's it's like those uh, hundred mile racers, motherfuckers, right? Or the or the two hundred mm-hmm. Bigfoot Moab race people, right? Like, I mean. I don't know. Probably fair to say, right? That's a little bit too much stress for the body, especially to do it regularly or once a year, even twice a year. Like I, I don't know. It seems like you're digging so deep. I, I, I don't know. It, it again goes back to that obsession that we have of like you know proving yourself. Like yeah, I could do it, or like I can eat the raw thymus gland, or I can fucking right. Like the same thing. I can run two hundred miles. Like I mean, I guess you can. I don't know if you should, but well, I think that's cool. I think it's fine that if people want to do that. Mm. Um, the only thing I have a problem with is people conflating that with exercise for health benefits. Like when somebody says, Oh, that long distance runner, he must be so healthy. Cause it's like, yeah, <laughs> they, they'll have an idea like exercise is healthy. So if this guy exercises more than everybody else. He's more, but it's not, you know? Right. 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 I don't know. So how often do you exercise yourself, man? Uh, well, like maybe three or four times a week. It's probably like a, more like like a good three. average schedule. Yeah, man, because that, that's exactly what's happening. Is like people, you know, they run five miles, they run ten miles, and then they think, you know, thirty miles is good, and they start doing fifty milers. And I've been there too when I would when I was especially also low carb. Honestly, like I felt good. I think that was my probably wall that I hit where I would, you know, I'd I'd work, I'd you know, eat a low carb meal and then I'd go and exercise at 10 PM and be fine and then go to bed and did that for a while. But definitely <laughs> after a while I couldn't do that. I just, I would get so fucking, I just feel drained, man. Yeah. My, my wall was, um, back when I was in grad school, like I was saying, and I was still doing the low carb thing and the raw meat. Mm-hmm. I had Tuesdays off. I mm-hmm. didn't have any classes or I didn't teach anything. And so for, the, for for a semester, I had Tuesdays off, and the MMA gym I was at at the time had Tuesday morning classes. And so I would do an hour Muay Thai and an hour Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. just fasted. Like I would go in either 9 or 10 a.m. 
you know, the one class would start, hour mm -hmm. of Muay Thai, and then whatever. And, and then I would come home and I would have just, I would just went too Maybe. deep into yeah. the liver and I would get a migraine <laughs> mm. every week. I would come home and eat my low carb meal, but mm -hmm. it was too late. Like I had, like, <laughs> I had just gone too far. And, um, and in a workout like, you know, Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu, you can't not work out hard. Cause you know what I mean? Like you're doing warm up exercises, then you're drilling, then you're like sparring and you can't just like flub it when you're training with other people because you kind of have to keep up with their intensity level to a certain degree. So yeah, I just kept going and having this, like, where basically I couldn't get anything done on Tuesday, even though it was my day off. It's like, Oh, it's, it sounds awesome. Where it's like, <laughs> Oh, I have a day off in the middle of the week. I get an early workout, come home, eat, take a shower. And then I have the whole rest of the day to like grade papers or catch up on my <laughs> Um, and, and I you just, were just wiped. Well, I would feel a headache start mm -hmm. like after I ate mm -hmm. and it didn't matter how much meat I ate or if I took a really hot shower or like just anything you try to do to stop a headache when it starts, mm -hmm. it was, it was going to happen. Like it was, it was this predestined headache and I would feel like crap until the next day. Mm. And you never had the thought to have some carbs back then. You weren't just weren't thinking about it. That is absolutely correct. And that doesn't happen <laughs> Like if I work out for two hours, I can actually work out for, I did that today. I got, I went, I actually, I went in and trained with a guy. Um, we just like drilled and stuff and then rolled uh -huh. for like three hours and I didn't eat anything. I showed up at 11 AM fasted mm. and I left at like 2 30 mm -hmm. or even later. Mm -hmm. And I got home and on the way home, I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and got like a large iced coffee with cream and sugar, mm. drank that. Boom. took a shower, drank a protein thing, and then ate a meal, all with carbs, and I don't have a headache right now. Mm. So do you think – so you, you're, we talked a little bit about with, with, with Danny about the fasting thing. I mean do you think there's some sort of – you, you do that just accidentally just because you don't feel hungry, so you just go with it? I mean do you think there's any benefit in those you know time-restricted windows that they give nowadays that they're saying 16 hours, 20 hours? And of course just like with exercise, there's like you know, guys that start with – you know, 12 hours and 16 hours and they, they do a day or two of fasting or whatever. Then it becomes all these crazy fads that people are doing. I just do it because if I'm going to, if I'm going to train before noon, mm -hmm. it's just easier for me to do that rather than time eating something and just be totally sure that like my stomach is not going to feel weird at like having somebody like neon belly me. Like, mm. <laughs> you I know, see, I see. like, so that's the only reason I, I, I do that. If it was, if I was meeting the guy at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. or something like that, I would have eaten breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more of a timey thing. The th like scientifically speaking, it's true that, you know, you produce growth hormone. And people just think it's, again, because it's just called growth hormone. They're like, oh, that must be good. And it's like, right. no, <laughs> no. Uh, it's it like causes insulin resistance, you know. Yeah. Like people that abuse growth hormone get like, type two diabetes eventually bodybuilders very common in them yeah right yeah mm -hmm. and you know so it's it's not necessarily a good idea to elevate that all the time and uh and then of course you know things like autophagy again they're like oh this is a good it's good big word let's talk about that yeah autophagy right it's like exactly yeah. like you said it's it now is that is again is it the same thing like with gluconeogenesis is autophagy constantly happening all the time in your body isn't isn't that what's right. going on right yeah so then I, I don't think i think most people are just not aware of that honestly dude i think they think that autophagy is something only happens when you're uh not eating 
only when you're not eating. You know what I mean? Like when you're sleeping and in between meals. No, seriously. <laughs> because again, well, like, yeah, because that's because they're told that. Right, right. So there you go. <laughs> or they're not told that they're told it gets turned on from fasting. They're mm-hmm. not told it gets turned up. Yeah. You know, and it's different. Um, one, one thing is more honest than the other. Mm. But so my theory, I actually haven't looked into this too much, but I wouldn't be surprised if the increase in protein breakdown and, you know, cause that's the main thing is that it's just older proteins get degraded and recycled faster, mm-hmm. um, in those States, like in the, and it's like, okay, so you're telling me you're not eating and your body turns up recycling sort of the less important older things that are going to get recycled eventually anyway mm-hmm. does it sooner and more mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't that just scream out at you as like a mechanism for making sure that there's a, an amino acid supply right so it's like okay your body needs a certain amount of amino acids mm-hmm. and sugars and all kinds of things all the time just to keep your heart beating and your brain functioning. Like you have to be synthesizing proteins in different tissues to some level all the time, whether you're asleep, whether you're knocked out on anesthesia, like the living state is, you know, a dynamic state. So when you stop eating your body, like doesn't know that you're doing this cool hip thing (laughs) called fasting. It's just like, Oh, uh, raw material X, Y, Z stopped coming in. So I'm going to upregulate proteins that break down less important proteins to make sure there's a steady supply of those things. Because it doesn't know, like it, your body is not aware. It's like, oh, he's doing the Paul salad, you know, like eating window. It's like <laughs> your body's just going to do these things. A- again, why I think it's important to compare these things to starvation because your body doesn't have that kind of intentionality. It has like these stop gaps, you know, like, you know, things to make sure your blood doesn't get too high or too low in pH. Mm-hmm. And like, Oh, you know, I'm trying to do an alkaline diet. I want to like alkalinize my blood. And your body's <laughs> just like fighting tooth and nail. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't care like what like book you just read, like from some whack job about like a, a weird diet. It's, it, it are gonna has happen. these, it yeah. has these set points all over your body and a constant monitoring system. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just a real, a long explanation to say, I don't think there's anything magical about fasted, fasting induced autophagy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it makes total sense that it would get turned up in fasting because it's a way of getting raw material. Right. Well, the, the other thing is like with the fasting, it's like um, you're giving your body a break from digesting mm-hmm. food because I guess digesting food is somehow bad all the time because it's making your body work. I'm just giving you a very thorough process. You know what I mean? Even though if you look at like most animals in the wild, they feel like they're constantly eating or looking for food. Do you know what I mean? Well, it depends. I mean, okay, you know, like like bears and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, and there's different times of the year. Like, like bears are a big one where they have, it's very um, cyclical, you know, relationships with feeding and even, and their metabolism changes drastically because the hibernation like they you know we can't do that uh we can't you know turn our metabolic rate down to like a pretty small fraction of what it is you know for a long time and just lay in a 
cave, cave or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, lions, they'll eat. I mean, they basically do the carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they'll eat large meals. Mm-hmm. They'll have a smaller feeding window. Although I've definitely seen programs where they'll like snack. You know, yeah. like if the if pride eats an animal and there's some left over, they'll yeah. chill for a while and then they'll kind of come over and snack a little That's bit true. in a more leisurely way. That's true. And I've heard they've been adding honey to their diet lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go, you know what? Bees make this, and yeah. they're not sugar they're though. Animals. Not yeah. sugar. Not pff, that's toxic plague garbage um yeah well that's the interesting thing because again along with the glucose continuous glucose monitors if you if the average person who like doesn't want to go to a regular md that's just going to tell them some bullshit shit uh if they go to like a functional medical medical doctor or alternative medical doctor any of those guys the first thing they'll do is they'll yeah they'll put them like on a low carb diet and they'll restrict their time eating window because again it's like all these things get turned on and there's some, I mean, I, I understand, like, I get it, like, that idea, again, yeah, you're giving your body a break to kind of do all these other things instead of digesting food all the time, but, yeah. That's like, <laughs> Right, and, and, like, you know, most people... Like we already have that. Right, and most people <laughs> aren't, like, eating a giant meal before bed. Most, some people eat some food, right? You know what I'm saying? Because most people can't really sleep if they have, like, a chipotle burrito at fucking 12 a.m and go to bed right like you're gonna be like oh you know what i mean you want to after yeah but people that are not like 16 or whatever right right uh, young young people can generally do stuff like that and sure 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 but even you know i don't know back then i remember i moved to america at that time and that was like i ate a chipotle burrito i just do i had to walk around my my house i couldn't fucking (laughs) sleep at all seriously i was like jesus chipotle has like extra satiety factors in it oh dude (laughs) god Because we live, you know, we lived in like a small town in Ohio, man, and it was just like there was nothing else there. It was like um, at that time, it was like McDonald's and Chipotle. So, good times. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's just it's another example of like X amount of this one thing. Like there is an amount of growth hormone, mm-hmm. say that you produce at night when you're fasted because you're sleeping, that is good. And, uh is there any kind of slack or play around that where you could sort of experiment with, you know, not eating a couple hours before bed? I, you know, I don't know if somebody does something like that and they feel better. That's another thing that I always say, like just to get this out of the way, like my little disclaimer, Mm -hmm. like, uh, if people feel better doing something, I really am not too interested in counter signaling them. But if they're doing something that I think is really bad, Mm -hmm. all I say is just pay attention. Like if you start feeling yeah. bad, don't like pridefully just be like, well, I must, I, maybe I need to just do it more. Like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I gave myself a six hour feeding window and now I, you know, I felt good for three months and now I'm not so feeling good. I better make it four hours. Right, right, know? right. It's just detox. I'll get there. I'll get through it. Yeah. Just, just, and, and also like get blood work, you know, just get some, get some numbers, take your temperature. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Have a try to be objective about your mood. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, ask people if you've been, you know, just get information and don't be afraid to be like, you know what, maybe this isn't the right thing because ultimately most people will do that. Like most, most, not, not necessarily the famous people, but mm-hmm. you know, if you go on forums and stuff for like low carb, most people, mm-hmm. including Paul Saladino will modify their diet at some point out of necessity. 
Mm-hmm. And whatever mm-hmm. kind of justification, like if they still want to say they're in the movement, you know, they're, they're oh, I'm still like a low carb person or I'm still with, like, you know, to, to sort of not have that cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just better to just try to avoid that as much as possible. Just be like, okay, like this doesn't make me feel good. So, you know. Well, you know, like with Paul, he said his cholesterol is five in the 500s. I don't know if it was 540 or something. I mean, but then again, right? But then you have that other side of like, oh, well, the cholesterol is not the most important thing. And yeah, man. Well, it's not. But if it's going up. Something is happening, right? That's what I was thinking too. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. If your numbers are going up for no reason and you have this dietary change. Also, and he had colds. Didn't he have, um, what's it called? Yeah, Danny said that. I'm not sure about it, but Danny said that he said that he was having... Uh, cold intolerance. Cold intolerance and living in San Diego. So, which is like, okay. Yeah, so that combined with the cholesterol numbers going up is like primo hypothyroid symptoms mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if your thyroid's low, you're going to convert less cholesterol mm-hmm. to alone. I wonder what his fucking thyroid thing is. I don't know if he brought that up. So that'd be an interesting thing to see. So a lot of people who are having high cholesterol Usually some, not usually, but it could be something tied in with the thyroid there, like a hypothyroid state. Yeah, I would go so far as to say Mm -hmm. most people whose cholesterol goes up, like Mm -hmm. in in older age and stuff, it's Mm -hmm. it's a metabolic slash thyroid issue. It's that their metabolism is slowing down, and so their body is just turning less of the cholesterol into steroids. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what about triglycerides? Because that's the other place that all the because you know that was one. He's like my triglycerides are really low, and it's like you know, and that's again the 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 mainstream thought process with the you know with those type of people. It's like you want to have your triglycerides as low as possible. Well, triglycerides are generally low when you're on a low carb. So triglycerides usually uh, roll opposite free fatty acids so like when you're um not eating Mm -hmm. or when you're in a really low carb diet Mm -hmm. fatty acids are being liberated at a relatively constant rate from your um adipocytes Mm -hmm. and so your free fatty acids are pretty steadily high you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and whereas if you're eating a higher carbohydrate diet your free fatty acids would only be high if you fast long enough that you start to make that switch where your glycogen is getting a little low, so you start getting the free fatty acids from the adipocytes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, triglycerides go up after a meal, and usually after a mixed meal, because the it's it it's basically the, the fatty acids go into the adipocytes. So if you're using a lot of fatty acids as fuel, then mm-hmm. you're going to be sending less of it you're not going to have that big dump of fatty acids because that's a uh, big dump of fatty acids into the adipocytes because that's like a sort of insulin mediated process all at once. Um, so like you eat a mixed meal mm-hmm. of, of carbs and fat and it's way more than you need at the time in your blood. So the, the glucose will go into, you know, your liver glycogen into muscle glycogen and stuff like that mm-hmm. and stay in your blood for a little while. The fatty acids will get packaged into triglycerides and sent out to tissues. Muscle takes some of them. You know, liver will take some of them back, but Mm -hmm. it it makes them. Mm -hmm. And then adipocytes will take a lot of them, depending on how much there are. 
and those processes are insulin dependent. Now, if you're eating a low carb diet, then the amount of triglycerides that's getting sent out and picked up by these tissues is going to be a little bit lower just by the nature of that you're already using a lot of fatty acids. So like your liver mm. Mm. will package less of those fatty acids into okay. triglycerides to send out. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. But so so is it sort of like with the glucose monitor kind of thing? I mean, it's just like if you're eating low carbs, you're just having less triglycerides. And if you're eating higher carbs, you're having more triglycerides. Is it sort of a... Uh, yeah, a measurement that doesn't necessarily mean that something bad is going on. It's just so it just comes from that view of like, oh, uh, you know, having your blood sugar spike is bad. More insulin mm -hmm. is bad, right? It's just it's all tied in with that sort of one point of view, huh? Yeah, or like triglycerides or high triglycerides are bad. I have low triglycerides, so that means it's good. It's good. But it's like, yeah, why? I mean, right? Yeah, the the reason you you have to sort of explain like the different contexts for why this. You know, it's important, man. Would be high. Well, it's important that we talk about this seriously because, like I said, because I've paid hundreds of dollars to a lot of doctors for them for me for them to tell me those sort of typical things of like low triglycerides are good, um, you know, your blood glucose, you know, spiking after a meal, it's good because you're very sensitive. Now, I I don't know how would you get. What if somebody starts has been on a low carb diet? And they switch over and they start having a lot more carbs and they start getting fat like really easily. You know what I'm saying? Or they're very <laughs> <Right>. sensitive. <laughs> How would you recommend they go about it? Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with adding carbohydrates back in slowly. Mm -hmm. Like I would never tell somebody, look, you know, you're on like a super low zero carb diet. You should overnight switch to getting 60% of your calories from carbs. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, Try, you know, try a little bit of carbs, mm -hmm. like, and, and see how you feel. Um, or even just, you know, whatever they're eating, like say they're eating under a hundred grams a day. It's like, you know, make it 150 mm -hmm. or like 200, you know, something, something like a, you know, not that big of an increase. A bump. Um, because yeah, a lot of people, if they've been doing this long enough, it takes a long time. I mean, it's possible they could never, like if somebody's, you know, gets on the carnivore diet when they're 22 and stays on it until they're 30 mm -hmm. and then goes back to a normal diet. They've aged, you know? So like they might just go, it's not like they can necessarily just eat what they ate before and have the exact same effects anyway. That's true. Uh, and they've probably aged their system a little bit more than it would have otherwise with all the, you know, cortisol and stuff from the, from the low carb diet. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they were doing a lot of fasting and stuff. So you have to think of it like, Again, and it's kind of tricky because people might accuse like what I'm saying of like, oh, well, if this is good, then it should be good in all contexts. You know, like there should be no negative effects of adding carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that that's a good point. But again, it's like they're specifically antagonizing the carbohydrate metabolism system. They're like attacking the insulin system with a low carb diet, you know, and with things like fasting things that raise your cortisol and a bunch of other hormones that directly oppose the glucose metabolism system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that context, it's kind of like, you know, if somebody goes off of testosterone and then their testosterone drops, it's like, Oh, it's not healthy to be on steroids all the time. All okay, right. That's <laughs> and if you go off of steroids though, you're going to feel like crap because your natural production is down. Right. And there will be a significantly long recovery time. There's, 
drugs that can help that along. And you know, you know what it's, yeah. you know what that's about. HCG. So, right. so it's the, it's the same thing with carbs. Like, I mean, not the exact same thing, but you have altered your endocrinology such that it's not able to handle this macronutrient the way it was before this alteration. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to go back <laughs> before this alteration. Right. But that's not something you can do overnight. And if you're older, you know, if you decide to do this in your like forties or something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you'd be like super surprised, like, Oh, I gained 10 pounds over like, you know, a few months. Cause like now I'm, I'm eating a bunch of ice cream. Cause like Ray Pete says, ice. it's like, yeah, I do it slowly. <laughs> not, not with ice yeah. cream. Probably wouldn't be your best choice. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Like, but, um, well, it, you know, if they're, what happened to your blood sugar, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Cause some of these people with long-term low carb, their fasting blood sugar starts going up. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you, if you gain a little bit of fat, but those numbers start to improve, like your fasting blood sugar starts to go down. Mm-hmm. Obviously and, something good's happening. Yeah. And them getting fat. I mean, now would you say that like the, the typical, like word people, everybody throws around is like insulin resistant. I mean, are they sort of insulin resistant? Do you think that that's what, that's how you would describe that state where they're, you know, they eat some carbs and like you said, they just get fat right away because they're so used to being on a low carb diet for so long. Yeah. I don't think the insulin resistance necessarily directly causes them to gain weight. I think the effect of the insulin resistance is that their body perceives that it's appropriate to store more fat than it otherwise would perceive. Mm. if you were less insulin resistant because that's part of the whole system of like satiety and hunger and fat storage and metabolic rate is based on you know your brain parts of your brain and relaying back and forth around to the different relevant organs like hey what's the blood sugar look like right now you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but and and if you're insulin resistant those signals it'll basically seem like you have less you know available stuff than you do so no. your body's like, oh, we better, uh, you know, turn, you know, tweak down the metab- the metabolic rate a little bit because we're a little low on stuff, you know, mm-hmm. sugars, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, kind of rely a little bit more on fatty acids, maybe keep some, you know, store some more fat in adipocytes than we normally would if we felt replete with nutrients. Right. Now with like, would you, would you think it would be a good idea to, I mean, again, like you said, I understand. I'm just trying to throw out, you know, extreme cases here. Um, would it be a good idea to like uh, try like a low fat diet to go to like, you know, again, not I'm not saying go from 100 grams to 400 grams of carbohydrates, but you know, go from 100 grams to 200 grams, and just kind of tweak down your fat and pay attention to that more, since you're trying to kind of reteach your body to, you know, use carbs more as your energy source there. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that should accelerate the uh, the kind of switch back to using mm-hmm. more carbs and less fat. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I've personally experienced that I've seen some people experience is like um, if you go really low fat, some people get like digestive problems or mm-hmm. again like satiety problems and stuff. Like I I feel kind of crappy. I've done a couple of low fat experiments. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, switching to skim milk for a while and eating just lean meat, you know. Yeah, you definitely feel more hungry. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel it's kind of hard to put my finger on it. Just kind of off, you know. Yeah. So Uh, so, so it seems like somewhere probably like a 30-30-30 
kind of macro split or somewhere in that area. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not saying exactly 30% of each. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I would say for fat loss mm-hmm. for, or for not getting fat, I mean, have the fat a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the way you go about it. Maybe even have the, the protein a little bit higher. I mean, as long as you're getting enough glycine and stuff, it's really like gluconeogenesis at the level that you would be doing it if you just had a, if you just ate a little bit more protein than you needed. Mm-hmm you know, like calculated for your body weight or whatever and your activity level, that's not that big of a deal. Um, okay. Now, if somebody wanted to get shredded, if you were uh, somebody's <laughs> coach, yeah, how would you go about that? How would you do it? So would you lower the fats more than the carbohydrate? Uh, I would because I think that's more healthy long-term. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the immediate effectiveness of like, you know, being able to lose weight for some type of sporting reason, like lose body fat. I'm not really sure. I think there might be some people that do really well cutting carbs out a little bit for Mm. that kind of a purpose, like a short term thing or cutting out fat. I would, if I was advising an athlete that had to regularly say it's a bodybuilder that has to get down to low body fat once in a while, you know, Mm -hmm like a, several times a year and they, they kind of say they stay around 10% and they have to get into the single digits like three times a year. Um, I would be interested in them experimenting with, you know, lowering their calories, but doing low, getting rid of doing like a low fat cut mm-hmm. and do like a lower carb cut, maybe with like higher protein, moderate fat and, and see what they feel better on. Mm. Uh, so kind of try both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely not do like a, I would never tell somebody to do like a zero carb or a very, very low carb. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's an athlete, I mean, basically it's not healthy to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> like, right, right. No, so surprise, they're already, surprise. <laughs> they're already doing something that's not healthy for a purpose other than health. So right. I wouldn't necessarily think it's the end of the world to use a less than optimal for like long-term health <laughs> dietary solution for a short-term goal like that. Well, yeah. You know. But not even, you know, average person, though, that's not trying to be bodybuilders. It's just a little fat, wants to lose 20 pounds for the summer to get into the uh, James Bond uh, trunks, the blue trunks. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling attacked. Uh, the, you mean the Casino Royale uh, trunks? I don't know what you're talking about. Is that what that is? (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, I'm a believer in eating a diet that that where the macronutrient balance makes you feel okay because if you don't do that mm-hmm. you're gonna crash at some point and just having like maybe a modest caloric deficit right so uh, calories is would be the king and like but like you said at the end of the day though man like if you're trying to cut some weight lose some weight like you're not gonna feel great all the time right because you're trying to lose weight yeah i mean it depends how fast you want to do it like if you want to yeah. lose a pound of fat a week, which is about as much as you could do yeah, without really starving. Really feeling like shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you know, yeah, you'll feel a little crappy. Like the way that I can tell, um, is if I have trouble sleeping, mm. like if I have trouble sleeping, it's like, okay, that's, that was not enough calories too much. Mm-hmm. So like my personal little metric is like, I want to try to eat a little bit less than what I sort of calculate for my requirement. Mm-hmm. but be able to sleep easily. If I get in that zone, I feel like that's good. And if I only lose a third of a pound a week and I only lose like five pounds instead of 10 over some 
time period, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like I have to sleep. I have to feel right, 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 right. And everybody has their thing. Now, what do you think about coconut oil? I, I saw somewhere Ray talking about he lost a bunch of weight when he was eating the same calories and added some coconut oil into his diet. Yeah, he did. He did say that. He said that he started adding them to rice or something. <laughs> was that what it was? I just remember him saying that he was saying eating the same thing, like ice cream and stuff, and he added some coconut oil and he lost weight. Yeah, Ray seems to be like a hyper responder mm. to like he's talked about stories in the past when he's taken thyroid and had like really and there are people like I have talked to other people who have either taken a substance like a drug um, or something like thyroid and had like a profound effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that's not the average effect. Right. You know? Right. So there's definitely some people like if there's people that have high free fatty acids and they're storing a lot of PUFA mm-hmm. and they start to take in coconut oil because his explanation is that the coconut oil shorter chain, you know, the medium chain fatty acids mm-hmm. that dominate in coconut oil will compete going into the mitochondria with the longer chain unsaturated fatty acids and will sort of beat them out and then sort of keep them out of the mitochondria because they're more oppositional to glucose metabolism. So they're more interactive with the Randall cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're kind of using mixed fuels, you know, glucose and fatty acids, if you're using shorter chain saturated fatty acids, your glucose, you will continue to use glucose at a higher level than if you're using longer chain fatty acids and unsaturated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And like you said, that's really important. Like, like you said about the hyper responders. Yeah. I've met people like that too, where there's just certain drugs, like you said, or caffeine or whatever. They're just so sensitive to it and it does happen, but I guess, yeah, I don't think I'm one of them. (laughs) Guess what I'm trying to say? (laughs) I haven't lost all my weight. Although I do remember a guy actually, one time I was, uh, uh, working out in the gym in a private gym here and, um, the fucking guy would buy a tub of coconut oil, like a tub. And he would eat it, the whole thing, throughout the day. And it was, he would just sit there with a spoon and just fucking eat it, man. It was crazy. And uh, he was shredded. But, I, you know, I don't know what else was he was he? eating. Did he have diarrhea? I, I, I'm sure. I mean, how could you not? How could you not, right? I mean, that's crazy, though, man. I mean, he could be like a one in a million person who doesn't get that. <clears throat> I, but. I, I don't know, man. But, you know, but, well, but he was sort of that, like, bordering that borderline um uh, bodybuilder type guy so you know what i'm saying so with those guys like if you go to the average bodybuilding gym i mean dude go inside the bathroom it's just like it's like <laughs> hazards chernobyl point 2.0 in there you know what i'm saying i mean seriously you're going in there and it's just like and they don't care that's what i'm saying they don't they don't pay they don't like you said the unhealthy thing they don't give a fuck i mean those guys right. i mean you know, they'll take like steroid tablets and they'll eat something like that, would get, which gives them diarrhea. And it, it, the tablets of steroids will be in their poop. That's like the famous stories you hear. But seriously. <laughs> so, you like needles in the bed. It's like crackhead or bodybuilder. I don't know. <laughs> you know, one other thing, uh, yes. just to just to like get more uh, meat, so to speak, into this carnivore discussion. Yeah. I did watch the lipivore thing. If you want to talk about that at all, let's Amber. talk about it, man. I totally forgot about it, and you know, yeah. So I Amber O'Hearn, right? I, I watched it too. So she said, she put yeah. up this uh, Amber O'Hearn, right? That's how you pronounce it, or her oh, O'Hearn? Okay, with an N. Sorry. Um, she put up this video called Lipivore, right? Where mm-hmm. she, I mean, basically, she makes a big case for 
for using more fat, right? And for, yes, yes. And and she's been low carb for how long now? She's been for a long time, right? She's been carnivore. You know, I don't I don't want to guess. I mean, Misquote, probably but, about a decade. Okay, I mean. but but I, at first it was like low carb, and then it slowly turned into like complete carnivore, right? Where she doesn't eat any plants, and she's had. When I met her, she was carnivore, and I met mm. her in. 2016 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think 2000 because she was at the ancestral health symposiums 2016 2017 that I was at she mm-hmm. was definitely at the 2017 one mm-hmm. I think she was at the 2016 one so she's been carnivore you know self-identified carnivore for at least three years right so t- tell me about the video so first of all she has uh <laughs> No, this is going to be a compliment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I she's chill. Actually, she's chill. I, I like that about her too, actually. Yeah, she's chill. Well, yeah. It, it's from the actually, video. The lackadaisical <laughs> presentation style is not my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part is, is she is actually trying to do like theoretical science. Right. Which, like she is proposing, she is putting something forth that is not a marketing scheme to sell supplements. It's not, uh, throwing red meat to the crowd. Again, like I said before, it's, it's not just preaching to the choir. She's actually trying to come up with a novel explanation for what she thinks is good. That addresses questions that she sees in the community that addresses questions of human anthropology. And she's trying to actually synthesize like different fields of science um yeah and she she brings up many many topics right in that video it's pretty good actually i thought so too yeah yeah i think i mean it's a it's a million times more admirable of a thing than what somebody who goes on the you know the joe rogan podcast and just says like carbs are bad buy my book right (laughs) uh so all right but there's a few issues and it's kind of the same thing like she had a paper uh, that I was the reviewer on in oh, wow. 2017 or 18 for the um, Journal of Evolutionary, the, the Ancestral Health Symposium related journal that Aaron Blaisdell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like forgetting these names because it's all right. like, I just don't well, interact with these people. People that know will know. Anyway. Yeah. I was asked to be the reviewer on a couple of papers for their journal and I did it and I forget what the other one was. I think it was also about low carb stuff, but the one was, uh, Amber talking about Inuit people and why is it that they're more resistant to ketosis than regular people? Yes. We've talked about this with you a tad bit on the first podcast, but tell me more, man. Yeah. So just to reiterate, like she was kind of trying to explain why the population that most people would agree most recently did a sort of carnivore thing with access to very high, because, you know, one of the issues is a lot of the megafauna in Europe and um, North America seem to have been hunted to extinction mm-hmm. a while ago. Right. So, uh, but, you know, when you get really north up there, you know, the seals and, and of course people that hunt whales and all that kind of thing, like they still have access to, very high fat animals. So anyway, the point is mm-hmm. if anybody is going to be your test case for a population that is still in the like ancestral ketosis metabolism, it would be these Inuit populations. And yet they have specific genetic mutations 
of, uh, of the carnitine palmitoyl transferase system that make them more resistant to ketosis and rely more on gluconeogenesis, which makes sense because they're eating a lot of meat. Right. So they meaning they're not getting into ketosis like all these people are kind of advocating that you should be in, right? Because that's what's the healthy state. They're actually not in there that quickly, right? They, they, it takes a lot longer for them to get into that state. Yeah. I mean, if they're in ketosis, sometimes they're in ketosis sometimes, but mm -hmm. the point is if ketosis was so great and this population was like, you know, genetically evolved for this diet of a carnivore diet, mm -hmm. why aren't they at least as susceptible to ketosis, if not more, Yeah, you know, makes doesn't make sense. sense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, she had a bunch of different explanations for that and she sort of questioned some of the data and that's, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it, it the point still stands that that's like a real dagger in the back of ketosis people because it's like if you find this one population that's like your test case and then they just literally have the opposite, like they have a mutation to avoid yeah. the physiological state that you think is the optimum appendicid. state, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's extremely inconvenient. So um, – and she kind of – so she is crafting this um, – the only problem I have with her theoretical thing is she's starting from the point of eating just animal foods is good. And then she tries to explain why it's good. Right. Uh, it, it's like, yeah, it, it, there's no mention of the other things though, right? She doesn't really talk about, she, she doesn't, I don't hear her talk about anti-nutrients at least, or like whatever other things that people mention when they talk about other, other, other plant foods and shit. Because she likes – actually, again, to her credit, she takes on the difficult questions. Mm -hmm. So people will say – like somebody like Paul Saladino would be like, oh, there's no elevated cortisol. You know, there's no insulin resistance mm -hmm. uh, in, in a low-carb diet. And she'd be like, there is, mm. and it's good. <laughs> oh, so she – okay, right, right. So she just kind of says that that's – that might be the good thing, that, that optimal state, again, that you're, you should be in, huh? Yeah, she doesn't avoid the hard question. She doesn't like hmm. – she, you know, she actually will say like, yes, you know, people will have – people will be less sensitive to insulin mm -hmm. when they're not eating carbohydrates and when they're eating a bunch of animal fat and protein. Like, mm -hmm. And then she goes, and that's good. And then she'll kind of construct her reason for why that's good, which I think is super interesting. But – I sent you two things, which I guess we can't show, but I'll sort of describe them. I can show. I'm going to share my screen. You're talking about the um, – which one do you want to bring up for? The infant brains run on ketones or the fatness at birth? Which one do you want me to bring up? Either one. They're actually both like sort of the same point. Okay. So I'm just going to share my screen, and if you're not watching this, you'll be shit out of luck. We'll you know, do our best to describe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, chosen. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm good. Is it? No. Going. Can you see that? Can you uh, see that? Yes, see that? Yes, there yes. you go. Rock and roll. Okay. Rock and roll. Awesome. So she has this hypothesis that humans aren't carnivores uh -huh. like, uh, you know, big cats or whatever, because we don't have the gluconeogenic ability of them. Uh -huh. Um, we, we don't, we don't do super well on a really high protein, low or zero carb, low fat diet. Cats uh -huh. do. Um, it's also why cat pee smells so bad because they, they can produce a lot of ammonia <laughs> because they cleave the ammonia from the amino acids to get glucose uh, equivalents out of them. Mm -hmm. So they have a more robust 
ammonia excretion system than we do and their pee smells bad. So, you know, worse than, I mean, human pee doesn't really smell bad. <laughs> God damn it. Stop talking about pee, Kyle. You fucking pee fetishizer. It's actually, mother- <laughs> I mean, you know, Leoto Machida. <laughs> I heard. Oh no, <laughs> you brought up poor Leo, Leoto. Oh, come on. Give the guy a break. God. So, all right. So she had this one figure, fatness at birth versus, so she's making this, um, sorry, I went off track there. <laughs> so humans are not carnivores, obviously. Okay. They're not herbivores, which is also obvious uh, because we don't have the same length of digestive tract to like break down fiber and we can't, you know, get a lot of fiber, like certainly not like a cow, but even like a gorilla, uh, they, they have the ability to get a lot more calories from fiber than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so, so she was saying, okay, because of that, she thinks that we're actually, the human being is a fat eater, a fativore, a lipivore. Okay. And one of her pieces of evidence is that humans, babies are much fatter at birth. And so she has this, and that's true. Mm-hmm. And she has this, you know, this figure, the figure's kind of crappy though. Cause if you look, it's got human and then it's got human on the right. So there's the one figure that has percentage fat at birth. So human babies are like 15% body fat at birth. So at birth, whereas, humans are 15% body fat. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas is, a reindeer is like five. Okay. And, and a an hamster being seal, the smallest is like 2%. Or, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Like under 2%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have – oh, baboon. It's like 3%. A baboon is like sh- more shredded than a bodybuilder. Fucking A, a bro. Trend. <laughs> yeah, don't rip your arm <laughs> so, um, so she says, you know, this is a lot of evidence that human babies run on fat. And she also had a figure saying that adult humans have a much higher body fat percentage. Like an adult baboon is also like less than 1% body fat. Or like a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. whereas humans can't li- – like you'd be dead if you were less than 1% body fat. You know, Like right. the most shredded bodybuilder in the world is like 4%. Mm-hmm. And Except that's like Rich Piana. He's 0% body fat. <laughs> well, he is now. <laughs> Rest oh, you son of a bitch. Rest in peace. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rip. So. Uh, so the problem is though – this, the, the two figures, so and then there's the other one that says total O2 to brain. So she's basically saying, look, these ketones are feeding the, the baby and specifically the brain because the human brain is way bigger percentage-wise than these other animals. The percent of total O2 that goes to the brain of humans, human mm-hmm. infants, is way, way higher than these other animals, mm-hmm. So, which makes total sense. But the problem is, I mean – there's really not a super great correlation here. Like for some reason, baboon isn't even on the. I was going to say there's none of the same animals, pretty much. Is there? There's one. There's one same one, which is the guinea pig, which is the second fattest at birth and the second least O2 to brain. So it's like, that's interesting. This is actually not really saying what she. It is saying that humans have the most oxygen to their brain and is the fattest at birth right. by quite a large margin. Uh-huh. But it is not saying that the other animals line up. Because these are just different like, animals. And one, yeah, they're just calves. I mean, some of them are different, but some of them that are the same, they're not in the exact same position. So it's not like the third most fattest at birth is the third most oxygen to brain. 
Yeah. You know, it, that's not what this says. It, it's there's a few that are in the same position. Uh, oh, there's like consistent. There's a, yeah, yeah. I just saw like elephant, and I was saw like elephant seal, and I was like, oh, I, I was gonna say like, oh, there's the same one, and there was like elephant, elephant seal. I was like, oh, motherfucker. Anyway, well, like rat is like in the middle on the right of O2 to brain, whereas yeah. it's close to the right, the extreme right side of percent fat at birth. So it's kind of so, hard to draw a correlation there, then, huh? Besides yeah, humans, I guess. Yeah, there's not. Um, <laughs> you bring up the other one, then. Yes. The ketones. Boom. So the other point is, um, you know, the infant brain runs on ketones. So she makes this point, which is true, which human babies get into ketosis much easier than adult humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and people draw a lot from that. They say, oh, that, you know, our like basal thing to be is in ketosis and you know, and people will say, and in that video of hers at the end, those two doctors talking about it, the Australian and the other guy. Yes. Or they were both Australian. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, there's like a lot of fat in breast milk. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of sugar too. Right. That was one thing that I know I remember that. Yeah. Where it was like, there's a lot of fat, but there's so, there's, other, there's, there's also protein in there too, right? This is like, I don't understand. And sugar. There's a lot and, of lactose. A lot of lactose, right. Yeah. And so, so this table says ketone supply greater than 30% of late brain. Uh, so I guess that means late. What do they mean by late brain? Late. Does that mean um, like infant, late infant? So okay. I don't know exactly what age. And then 50% of neonatal, so before birth. Mm-hmm. Brain energy needs. So they're saying infant brains run on ketones. But what if you put glucose greater than... 65% of late brain and about 50% of neonatal. You could say infant brains run on ketones like, or on glucose. Yeah. Uh, it, this is just to say that 50%, you know, the 50%, like, okay, that's fair. The other thing is, so yes, babies fall in ketosis very easily mm-hmm. and they have a lot of body fat. Mm-hmm. This does not mean, uh, here's another thing babies do. They have to be fed all the time. <laughs> they wake up in the middle of the night. Now, if they were running on their body fat, they would not have to eat during the night because they have way more calories yes. in their body fat than they could use in days of yeah. growing. Yeah. And and like they wouldn't they out. wouldn't be waking up and crying because they want to eat. Like it's exactly. kind of it, wake up and cry. If, if we're talking with that logic, yeah, if we're using that logic with a ketone thing, yeah, they would just be fine, right? They wouldn't want to eat. Right. They would they'd eat like once or twice a day and just be fine and sleeping all the time. Yeah. They or, 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 or maybe not I, even sleeping then, right? Because ketones give you energy and they're so good for you. No, seriously, right? Like, well, now you're just goofing on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. No, but dude, you don't, well, you don't... They do sleep a lot. They sleep during the day. They take naps. Yeah. But the, the problem is they don't sleep through the night. And also they need to be fed throughout the day. They need to be fed... All the time. Way more often than adults. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's something everybody knows. They're and like the, they're like the, tiny little rich pianists, right? They're just eating all the fucking time. This is not enough scoops, mom. It's <laughs> more scoops. Uh, man, I missed those videos. All right, I'm sorry to do detour. So I just wanted to make the point that the 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 infant starts to cry, whether it's awake or mm-hmm. it wakes up, when its liver gets low on glycogen. That is the the ticking timer of infant refeeding. Yep. It's not fat stores. Why? That doesn't make any sense. If they have all of this, but yes, they're fat. They're way fatter than the animals, other animals 
and they use a decent amount of ketones because they have little tiny livers. So they have bigger head that and she also showed which i didn't uh send you but she had a head size thing and mm -hmm. infant baby heads are way bigger compared to their bodies than adult heads to the adult bodies right right so your body grows a lot more than your head as you mature so and our so our, my liver your liver is bigger in relation to our heads and brains than a baby liver to their brain right and they're also growing so basically they they have a smaller and, and the brain is one of the most metabolically active tissues. Mm -hmm. So they have a liver that just like us, it stores glycogen and they have body fat that stores fatty acids and they start to run low on their liver glycogen really fast because their brain is using a ton of it because they're learning at like a, a super high level. Like they're learning way faster than anybody who's studying really hard as an adult. Like the amount of neurological shit that's going on in a baby hmm. is enormous, you know, picking mm -hmm. up, you know, just basic concepts of like the physical world and how it works. It's a lot of neurological connections, a lot of energy. Right. And they're growing, which is something adults are not doing usually. Right. So, um, so what I would say is like all of these things that she's pointing out, are just kind of like, yeah, babies, human babies are fat. Um, humans are also like, no, they, you know, they used to be nomadic. There's a million reasons why, like you don't want your baby to starve, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's this buffer of fatty acids that we have, because yet we do have a big brain, so that the brain development, it, it eats up your liver glycogen really fast, whereas like a baby rat, their liver, you know, can go longer you know, proportionally mm -hmm, per mm -hmm. body size than, than a, a human infant can. And so basically she's kind of trying to stuff all of these like factoids about humans into this thing where it's like, okay, so we're meant to eat fat. Like fat is our thing. Because babies are fat, right? Yeah. And they have a lot of ketones. And, and because adult humans are fat compared mm -hmm. to other mammals. Like we're like the fattest mammals. Yeah. Body yeah, it's it's starting to sound a little bit like the vegan argument, right? Where it's like we're the only animal that eats other species' milk, right? It's just like, yeah. well, I would just say the, the the fact that humans like used to be nomadic, uh -huh. uh, and I think that's a lot more of a compelling like reason why you would have you know high body fat. And again, if babies were run, if babies physiologically preferred to run on fatty acids and ketones, yeah, then they wouldn't be so obstinate about bothering mom every X amount of hours when their liver gets low. It doesn't right. make any sense at all. Right. They would be using And even when they're slowly getting out of that state, I mean, most healthy babies, that's how people judge the babies, right? It's like, oh, your baby's so healthy, it's eating all the time. I mean, that's just kind of an, I feel like, you know, like 50, 100 years ago before we had any of the science, before people talked about it, just intuitively, people just kind of, that's how People would say that's what people would say, right? Intuitively, like, ah, your baby's so healthy, it's eating all the time. And if if your baby is not eating all the time, it's like, what's wrong with him? Is he sick? Yeah. Is he not feeling good? Like, you know, without any science, you know, like, you know, you can judge for yourself if that's you know logical or not. But it is a thing, kind of, that we all. I feel, I feel like most normal people understand that. Right. So so yeah. So her whole video kind of yeah, and it gets into anthropology too, like how. Um, mm -hmm. It, she thinks that it's likely that humans first developed their large brain from cracking open bones mm -hmm. uh, rather than like cooking 
say tubers or other high carbohydrate sources or you know things like, or taking down large game because mm-hmm. she, you know and she had this you know the, there's an anthropological theory about you know that we created these like smashing tools to smash open bones and then in the process of smashing open the bones you create shards of things that eventually you'll go oh this is sharp like and create you know like spearheads and arrows and stuff that can take down large game and now you're really off to the races because <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's it's hard with the, all these theories of people. It's like with the um, you know, like with with plants even, and like with ayahuasca and things like that, right? It's like you know, how the fuck did people figure it out to put these two <laughs> things together? Now, like a scientific person, like would say like it was just accident, like right now. And then you have that other side of like the spiritual New Agey person would say what they say which is like the plants told them to and it's like i i don't know if i buy either of them you know what i mean like i i don't know i don't think it was pure accident i i mean i don't know i of course i don't know but i don't know man what what are your thoughts on it you think it was like pure accident just people dying over and over again you know what i mean and just like oh don't eat this plant then or you know while we were still evolving um (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I think the amount of trial and error that you can get, like, imagine, I, I, I don't know, it's hard to imagine, like, um, generations and generations of humans and, like, what they could learn in an environment. I mean, it'd probably be a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and people are curious. I mean, that's like a, you know, defining characteristic of the human brain. So mm-hmm. I'm not too over surprised by people like learning, you know, herbal medicine and stuff in these tribal situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not surprised that they like attributed, you know, sacred narratives to pass down this knowledge in an oral tradition. You know, it seems like that's like a good way to go about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think that there's, like with a thing like diet and, you know, oh, did humans, um, did they eat a lot of fruit? Mm-hmm. Like when, you know, when they were such and such, or it's like the thing with anthropology is, um, if, if you find, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like a French press or something like from mm-hmm. 200,000 years ago, it's like, all right, they had a French press, but it's like, if you don't find one, that doesn't mean they didn't have one. You know right. what I mean? Like it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's like an asymmetrical. And a lot of things like tools for like stones for smashing bones, bones themselves. So animal bones are longer lasting in the anthropological record or the fossil record or whatever of sites mm-hmm. than the leftovers of a tuberous meal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and there's certain ways to cook things again. It's like, oh, well, you know, like clay or whatever would last for a while, but there's ways to cook things before you have those technologies that people could figure out, you know, using fire, using hot stones, yeah, um, just like th- literally throwing stones into a fire and then cooking things on those stones or taking them out and putting them in like a tent air. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways. Like people fry eggs, like, you know, on tanks in world mm. war two, like in the, in North Africa and stuff like yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of ways to cook things when you have to get creative. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to like, I think that, uh, I think that it's incorrect that humans <laughs> are like meant to eat fat as mm-hmm. their thing. And 
however, I, it's like, if there has to be a person for me to disagree with and, and it's really like, I'd much rather it be somebody like Amber right, than right. somebody like Paul Saladino. <laughs> well, she also like, has, she also has like a, you know, I like how she talks about it. Like she, she says that, you know, it's not like she doesn't seem like she's just doing it just to get shredded. Right. Or whatever, which I, I right. feel like most of those guys, they just, they, when they look good, they just, you know, you look good, you feel good. And then it just like gets the ball rolling or whatever, you know, they could be eating shit. And if they look good, they'll just be advertising shit all over the place. But with Amber, it's like, she says she has, um, uh, depression, right? And she had like severe anxiety, even schizophrenia at points. Am I, am I yeah, right that yeah, I remember? Yeah, yeah now, she has things. Now, like what do that. you think? What do you think that is like? I mean, I don't know the whole scope. Of course, it's a complicated thing. But like, you know, because you hear the same thing from like people like Michaela, right? Peterson, Jordan Peterson's daughter, right? And even yeah. Jordan Peterson himself. Now, I think, and when they talk about it, they always talk about it like they did the carnivore diet, long, you know, for quite a bit of time, and then they have some carbs and they feel like shit. And yeah. um, hey, I don't, I, I haven't had schizophrenia, but like, let me tell you, when I was doing low carb and I ate some carbs, I felt like shit. Me personally, yeah, I just, <laughs> I had that like same thing. I had that like drop in blood sugar. I was just not, I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know whether it's my body got adjusted or you know, I, I think that's what happened. Is my, I think in my body got adjusted to the certain way of eating to it when I'm giving it this much of this, you know, fuel, it's like, I don't know, fucking, you know, just nitro just kills me. So I'm thinking like, could that be part of it that they're, you know, they tried switching over and they would just get these symptoms back. And then maybe just, they also need to adjust what type of carbs they're having, how much carbs, when they're having it and all those sort of things. Well, you know, for Amber, I don't know as much about her, her, um, like forays into going off the diet and what happened. But I know for Jordan Peterson and his daughter, they ate plants like mm -hmm. they would eat. Was it like kale or broccoli or yeah, yeah, things yeah. that like would kind of be the sort of plants that if you're, if you have a sensitive <laughs> digestive system to, you know, plants with a lot of stuff in them. Right. That's exactly what would irritate them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be like, uh, you know, if somebody who has a lot of allergies and they're like, yeah, I was just eating on a carnivore diet. Then I just had like a pound of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole jar of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Not the, ruined like, not me, man. The, <laughs> not, not like this. It's not like, you know, white rice or something like just, it's just like a pure starch source that doesn't have a lot of like plant, weird plant chemicals and anti-nutrients and shit like that. Mm -hmm. They kind of went for, you know, something that would be higher on the, um, anti-nutrient load and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I don't want to speculate too heavily that their problem was from endotoxin. Mm. Although I do think anybody who has autoimmune issues probably has hot endotoxemia. But I will say I would be super curious. Somebody either, you know, Jordan, P I mean, he's like, he almost died from like a... <laughs> Whatever. We don't have to yeah, yeah. Well, but and that's the other thing I was going to ask. Add to this cocktail because you know, and like you said, I think they're I think they're coming from a good good place, you know. But it's just that also both of them were like on severe like uh, medication, right, for those things yeah. like serotonin drugs and antidepressants and all kinds of shit. So, I mean, could it be that maybe you know when they're eating plant when they're eating something that ha right like you said is growing the endotoxin it's just reacting with all those things that are still in there in their um, 
gut. I know you hate that word. No offense, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I'd like to see somebody like that who has those awful symptoms if they have any carbohydrate. I would just love to see their blood before and after that meal and look at the difference in endotoxin. Mm-hmm. Because, That'd be an interesting thing to do then. Hmm. Yes. And you can test for uh, that, right? We've talked about this before. You can just take a blood test for endotoxin, you're saying. Correct. Yeah, there's actually a lot of studies about postprandial, post-meal endotoxemia. And mm-hmm. when I was looking into this, it looked like any time it was tested, uh, any population – so you know they'll have a healthy control group and some type of um, disease group like a heart, heart disease – Usually it was heart disease or metabolic syndrome, like type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And the disease group of those two diseases and all the kind of related, you know, the kind of modern non-communicable diseases, mm-hmm. those people always had higher postprandial endotoxemia than the healthy control group. Mm-hmm. Like just every, every study I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, until until otherwise, I really just assume – that if somebody has a problem specifically because you know carbohydrates are more easily fermentable right. in the small intestine by bacteria right, so right, right, if right. you have a really permeable gut in the small intestine right mm-hmm. and you have a population of bacteria that are producing a lot of this endotoxin and they just get like juiced up mm-hmm. from carbohydrates maybe you have slow absorption you know like you're you know they have all these medical problems so it would make sense like they have slow peristalsis they have low maybe low stomach acid low yeah and i think i think they're picking up on that a little bit intuitively you know because that's what i'm saying a lot of people that do have problems with autoimmune issues whether it be whatever crohn's or vitiligo they'll go to one of those practitioners you know they'll usually do the standard medical treatment which is nothing and then they'll go to like a alternative (laughs) (laughs) alternative um uh practitioner and they'll tell them like to go on an elimination diet you've heard that right like you know that's super common and usually it always helps and i think that's they're probably taking out well first they're usually taking out you know all the cooked bullshit whatever breads and and poofa stuff and all that and then um you know then they wind up just being on greens and and and, uh meats right and then Mm -hmm. i think people like michaela and maybe amber maybe they just take that stuff out and they're just left with me to where they're probably having no reaction at all, and they're probably just kind of noticing that. But it's interesting, man. Yeah, that would be a that would be a, a cool thing to do because the autoimmune issues are, are are really like so all over the place. So many people are having those sort of things, and yeah, the, the typical mainstream way, well, the alternative health mainstream way to deal with it is to go like a elimination diet, low carb diet. And that's what it, I think it makes a lot of sense, man. I think we're kind of like connecting the dots there. Hmm. Yeah. The only problem I have with that is that those people then go on to say, therefore normal people. Right. I mean, actually Jordan Peterson is, is has uh, to his credit. I, I don't actually like the guy, but I, I will <laughs> say that, uh, to his credit, he has always gone out of the way out of his way every time I've heard him talk about this to just say, I am not recommending this diet yeah, to other people. Yeah, and it works I am for telling me. you yeah. what happened to me. Right. And I respect that at least. So mm-hmm. um but a lot of people, a lot of other people, you know, will just say, I had problem X mm-hmm. and I went on this total elimination diet and I realized that my best symptom reductions was, you know, whatever extreme diet, like just eating beef or whatever, beef right. and water. 
Uh, so everybody should do that or mm -hmm. some variation of just recommending it to normal people. Yeah, man. Now, if, if people are not that ex at that extreme level yet and they're you know also maybe coming back from like a low carb or a carnivore diet and they want to start adding more carbs and to check it out to you know see how they feel, see how, how it works for them. I mean, what kind of carbs would you recommend them adding? What do you think would be like a like a you know a thoughtful kind of thing to to eat? Well, I would tailor it to first of all what they crave or or you know want. Mm -hmm. So like if if it's somebody who like had to cut sugar out of their coffee or just like doesn't drink coffee anymore and it just kills them and they just always loved having coffee with sugar and cream or whatever. Mm -hmm. add, you know, <laughs> add that back in and see how it feels like yeah. cuz that's going to that's going to have the added benefit of you being happy about it, which mm -hmm. is healthy. <laughs> um, it's not like, you know, like if you hate sweet potatoes and I go, all right, first thing to add back into your diet for carbs, sweet, like, you know, 50 grams of sweet potatoes. Bro, but sweet potatoes is the best potato. <laughs> um, so, so I would, you know, I would just say add what you, what you want. So whatever now, feels good. Okay. I mean, to a certain extent, like if, if you were on a junk food diet and mm -hmm. then you started moving towards a carnivore diet, you might not have a reasonable baseline for what to add, but like, you mm -hmm. know, like have some rice, you know, like say, say somebody goes out and gets, they used to get sushi mm -hmm. and now they can, this happened to me when I was carnivore, I could only get sashimi. I could only get like the fish and you know, they bring out the fish with the rice and you just eat the fish like right. at a Japanese place. And then they'd have like a salad and you eat that. Cause like, the lettuce and stuff doesn't really have any actual carbs in it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's not that satisfying. So it's like, okay, if you like, if you used to eat sushi and then you cut the rice, add that back, you know, try sushi and, and see how that feels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of try to do something that's like normal and, and going back to your thing. Like now if you went on an elimination diet yeah. and you got symptom reduction from cutting out like, you know, breads or whatever, don't add those back right away. Like add something like generally speaking, you know, potatoes, rice, things that are very, that are starches that don't have a lot of other stuff in them. Mm -hmm. And are, by other stuff, you mean like a lot of the other anti-nutrients, I guess. Yeah. Is that like a good general word to use or no? Yeah. And plant compounds and, you know, like the weird proteins in, in wheat products that some people are sensitive to. Right. Like um, gluten and gliadin and all those sort of things. Right. Yeah. 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 And then also, you know, something like I wouldn't tell somebody to like, eat like raw broccoli, you know, because that's like hard to digest. Yeah. Well, fuck. If, if you like, okay, I'm not gonna say. I was gonna say if you like raw broccoli, you're an asshole. But God, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I just, you know, you know, in Russia, I've never seen broccoli until I moved here. We don't have we we don't have that plant, and um, they have it now. <laughs> you know what they call it in Russia? Broccoli, because we don't have a word for it. So it's like the same thing. You know what I mean? Like we have nice. like cucumbers, like a different word. But um, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so some simple starches like potatoes and rice would probably be good, and I guess what or, sugar. or just sugars? You mean like fruits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, fruits or like I was saying, you know, if you just, if you like sugar in your coffee, mm -hmm. like I wouldn't say. I mean, what you shouldn't do is just be like, all right, I'm gonna just take you know, ten sugar packets and just like eat them, dump them in there. Yeah, that's probably not good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, think think of it like uh, you know you. I don't know. Think of it like as a person who's like quitting like alcohol or something, you know, it's like, 
not that it's necessarily the same thing, but like, there's a lot of things where it's like, you, you know, drastic changes. Um, you know, people have to go to like detoxification wards sometimes if they're drinking a certain amount and they just stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like that. I mean, these are like, alcohol is a macronutrient and it trains your body to meta- you know, to a certain metabolism. And when you take that away, you get really fucked up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not not drunk anymore that's the problem it's it's a hmm, that's alcohol that's an interesting like a metabolic yeah that's a good thing to remember addiction. kind of mm. so just try out um so fruits potatoes white rices probably not brown rices right because it has all that um other stuff in there so just yeah, easy I mean, to have a sensitive system mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if you could just eat whatever before and you just go on a low-carb diet for a little while you could probably just go back but yeah. if you were somebody who was having symptoms and you started to eliminate stuff yeah, I mean, don't add like the weird stuff back. You know, add like the most um, basic carbohydrate foods, and just see how it goes. Yeah, feel it out. I like that, man. Yeah. Feel it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother, um, thanks for your time. It was good. Had a good chat. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, One no, more thing I think to bring up. Covered the the lipivore stuff. I mean, I think it's like it's funny because it's. Um, I'm glad that somebody's at least doing something interesting in the space. <laughs> yeah. Cause basically it's it's like again, I mean the it might get boring to the audience because they're not as familiar with the stuff, but like the kind of things that some of these people talk about when they go on the Joe Rogan podcast, like mm-hmm. a, for a mass consumption audience, like mm-hmm. you just have to realize like how much crap that is. Like it's just it it's takes not time. Interesting. Yeah, it's and not it's, interesting. It's not, it's not cutting edge. Like if somebody's on Joe now. 10 years ago mm-hmm. or maybe more, but early YouTube, if somebody was on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about some scientific thing or nutritional thing, mm-hmm. that might've been cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, at this time <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> if somebody is on, cause Joe Rogan is basically a mainstream platform now. Sure. If somebody's on a mainstream platform and they're talking about a new diet or they're bringing forth something that they're presenting as cutting edge, it's not cutting edge. It's you're just late to the party and you're getting like a refined marketed pitch for an idea that has been, that is becoming a fad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, people, people want to hear, like you said, it's, it's, it's the extremes. It's just people want to hear something cool and different and they, they're going to fall for it. Like we talked about earlier many times and, um, yeah, man. So be careful out there. <laughs> In the streets. <laughs> In the streets. Watch yeah. out. You know, you got to stay stay a 5%er and you're going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. I'll chat with you next time. All right. Don't forget it to check fun. out uh, Kyle's uh, YouTube channel. And if you want to see that video about uh, why uh, why low-carbers hate that video, uh, his uh, <laughs> YouTube handle is Nutrichronology. So check that out. It'll be linked in the uh, show notes and all that. Things you own end up owning you.